Welcome to Just Shopping Podcast, and today we have the uber-talented David Evans, my cousin and co-host, and two guys from Wales, Welsh supergroup now, I think, those damn crows, Ronnie Huxford and Shane Greenall. How's it going, lads? Happening. It's happening, boys. Thank you for no, having me. No, it's not happening. It's fucking Just Chopsin. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're good, that's, man. That's why we took the sap off, you know. <laughs> I've got a fucking fly flying around me now. <laughs> so, what's happening, guys? Right? Sorry. Go on, Dave. I said, how are you both doing? You all right? Yeah, we're good, man. Um, super busy. Yeah. But um, that's that's what we wanted, you know. Um, it's incredible, dude. It's like, it's non stop, isn't it, Ron? It's 100 mile an hour. And. Um, there's no give up, so it's it's pretty it's pretty incredible. Yeah, so. it is mental to go from like nothing, absolutely nothing, um, and then like we were doing little things throughout the the pandemic. Obviously, Crowcast Weekly um, that was keeping us busy enough, but then to go from like no gigs or anything to planning like back end of 2022. Now we're starting to saw 2023. Um, and as Shane said, just every day is just bonkers at the moment because, you know, we were lucky through COVID. We were keeping busy then. Um, but that was us literally getting up and keeping ourselves busy and keeping as active as we could. When now you've got no choice of you, Shane. <laughs> it's literally, no. you've got to get up early to get everything done um, on top of anything else that you, you, you even want to do yourself, like which no complaints at all it's just adjusting to it boys us all so it's not even a bad thing and i think any band who complains is um you know nobody wants to go back to where we were like you know so every day's a crow day bonkers bonkers in a great way like you know yeah yeah so that's what you signed up for you know yeah, m most bands are, are out there fucking slogging and uh you know wishing for the dream that you boys are achieving so you know what yeah, i mean i just think um you know like whether it be us, I know there's a lot of other bands who, who kept active as well. I think you um you, you just make your own success. Shane's always said that as well. And um I truly believe in it now. And it's not even an arrogant statement or anything. If you work hard enough, good things will start to happen. But you've got to put in that work. You can't just sit back and go, oh, you know, why haven't we got that tour? Why haven't we got this? Why am you know, why isn't the manager doing that? Well, you either got to get on with things yourself or you've got to make things happen or you've just got to work that bit harder like you know and um yeah. I, I do credit the, the 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 rest of the boys in the band because everybody's just grafting and even when a pandemic happened we didn't stop do we shane it was just what can we do like what what can we do everyone's saying you can't do stuff so what can we do yeah um and and i, and I genuinely think that's the key and even though we're coming out of a pandemic and things are looking great you know, we're still going, what can we do? You know, and um, even on top of our schedule now, we're still kind of wanting to do more. Um, so it's like, I just think you've got to have that attitude these days. You've got to, really got to graph for it. Like, you know, it's um completely different industry now, boys. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Especially with the streaming uh, services and stuff. You know, you don't have so many physical album and single sales, I guess. You know, as you did like 30 years ago, you know. And I think it was probably a little bit more exclusive that back then as well. You know, give bands a little bit more of a, um, 
oh, what's the what's the right word for it? They were a little bit more untouchable, you know. They were a little bit bit more exclusive. And then now with the day's social media and everything like that, you know, everybody's on top of everybody. So, and, you know, you can tell what time you're having dinner and stuff, you know. And with the streaming services, your music is is accessible 24-7 to anybody that wants to fucking listen to it. Yeah. You know, and I think that's a good thing. You know, you find bands through, through streaming services, Spotify and, and whatever, and it's a lot easier to find music you like, obviously. I mean, it's a... Streaming is a, is a good thing in one way, but I think it's a bad thing in another. Or simply because the band's not making any money, so. But there's that much choice. You're out there. You can find whatever band you want to find and follow, and then hopefully buy if they've got physical records to sell. You know. What do you think? Yeah, hundred percent. I think the the fan base um, is like a different animal these days. Uh, I think. Yes, the industry's changed and that, but I think the fans have got so much power and say now. It's unbelievable. Yeah. If they get behind a band, that band becomes successful, you know. Um, so that's what I th- that's the massive change as well. Um, you are absolutely bang on with, with the digital platforms and stuff. It isn't like it was. Um, and bands don't make as much money as they did back in the day. Bastards. But <laughs> the wonderful thing is that we've got a community now, you know, like we've got this force behind the crows and, and a lot of other bands have too. Like if you've got a, if you've got fans now, they're, in you, they're with you, you know, for the entire journey, you know, as long as you keep, um, you know, pe- keep um, sort of progressing, progressing, that's the word, thanks so much, yeah. uh, progressing um, as a musician and your, and your music is as good as the last album and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a double edged sword, really. It's, there's positives and there's negatives. So, yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, your fan base is so much larger as well. I mean, you're not not only got like an exclusive fan base in South Wales, for example, but you've got the scope to grow. You know, you've, you've got the scope to grow worldwide, really, at a very fast rate as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, being Welsh boys and, and proud Welsh boys, but we we knew straight from the word go. This wasn't going to be a local band. You know, you just go down the pub and there's there's the crows. We straight away wanted to hit every sort of well-known bar in the UK. Do you know what I mean? We went and traveled the UK um, just because I think you're, you're, it's, it's, it's dangerous if you're just going to put, you know, one egg in one basket sort of thing. You know, we we knew straight away, you know, we'd, we've been doing this for years as well, dudes, but since we yeah, were kids, yeah. like, do you know what I mean? Since we were like 13, 14. So we know, we know what it takes. Um, but we've traveled the UK for years. Um, it, it wasn't just a Welsh thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and echoing what Shane said then as well, even though we've been doing it for years, there still wasn't an arrogance in the band of, ah, oh, well, you know, we don't have to play as much or we don't have to go there for no money or we genuinely played as many shows as we could. Um, Because, like, a few people bring up, like, Facebook reminders now. And it was only, like, three, four four years ago, we were playing in Wolverhampton. And I think we didn't even get any money that night, did we, Shane? It was just a case of we went up, we played first, um, and then we drove home. It cost us more to hire the van, never mind put petrol (laughs) in it. And people don't realise that. But yet again, you know, a big thank you to the, the, like, the Crow family that was growing at that point, who who bought the merch um, mm. because that kept us kind of alive, like, you know, but just echoing what Shane said and, and adding that on top, really, that, 
you know, you, you still can't have that arrogance. You know, a few people said, oh, well, the boys, you know, they got the experience. You can have the experience, but you can, that can, that can, I've seen a few bands actually, it's kind of been a, a weight on them because they think that they don't have to work as hard because they've got that experience. They feel that they could do less gigs, bigger gigs, but you really got to be hungry for it, haven't you, Shane? You just got to just, you know, nine hours, 10 hours in a van, like for, for, for no money. That's a reality sometimes, like, you know? Yeah, yeah, we had this same conversation with another Welsh band, uh, Scarlet Rebels, and, and you know, uh, they were saying, oh, you know, things happened when he got signed and stuff, and the label came, and, and then all the doors opened. But, like, you know, Yurik had been great, but that's when the real work started. He was, he was constant, and it's not, it's not, I, I can tell you right now, Yurik don't give you this um, budget and just say go and tour the UK and you know that's still coming out of our pockets. It's it's only when it comes to making an album and stuff, you know. So all the gigs is and all the hard work and all the graft behind the scenes is is the band. Um, so yeah, we we've been working five times, six times as hard since we signed the record deal. Um, there's just no substitute for it, boys, you know, in every line yeah, of work, yeah. you know, you, you put in what you, you get it what you put in, simple as. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I know I know that. I mean, I've, we've covered it on other podcasts, but I've managed a couple of bands myself. And my first band I managed, I said, right, this is the way we're going to work, because they were an English band, and I'm, I'm in Holland. I live in Holland, I've been living over here for like 22 years now. But I brought them all to Holland that lived with me. They were an English band from Peterborough. And I said, this is how we're going to work. They were a, they were an unknown band, totally. You know, I got a fucking demo through the post. I don't know how I got it like. And um, I said, oh, this is how it's going to work. You, if you want, you can come to Holland, live with me. Uh, I've got a fucking fly flying on me. Live with me for a year. We'll see if we can make it. Because we'll, I had this, this fucking vision of what the Beatles did in Hamburg, you know. We'd play everywhere, play anywhere. And... Um, it worked out. They came over. They lived with me, and I said, as part of the deal, I won't be a manager as such. We'll I just sign myself in as fifth member of the band, and everything gets split equally, you know. Except for obviously my expenses, <laughs> I had to pay for more myself. But uh, but yeah, after a year, it worked out, and we I managed to get the band signed. And it, and like you said, I mean, it put so much work. It, I just lived and breathed it, you know. And you have to if you want to make it. You have to. And a lot of bands do, like you said, they do say, oh, now you're signed to a label. And yeah, now, now it's going to get easy. It doesn't get fucking easy. I can tell you that much. Yeah. You know, it gets twice you, as fucking um, hard. Are you wearing their merch now? Yeah, yeah. I am, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I you wanted that red one. There, that guy's got on. See that guy? I want one of them red ones. Ah, they're all gone, they are now. They're all gone. They are, I had to squeeze into this one as well. I, it was a medium when I bought it. But, uh, <laughs> I'm filling it out a bit too much now. It's a pandemic <laughs> view, dude. I know, I know, it's not good. But yeah, I can I can appreciate what you're saying here because, you know, you, you guys are always on Facebook. You're always really active. You're always really busy. I, I know how many gigs you do because I've been to an awful lot of them myself. And, the, you know, the one thing you always do and what you said about the Crow family, you always make time for everybody as well, which is awesome. And, you know, every show I've been to, there's always a queue of people queuing up to speak to all of you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, um, you know, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant to see. And, um, you know, I, I first came across you in 2016. It was the first time I went to Steelhouse and you played on the Friday night. 
and um, that was the first time I, I watched you guys and then, then I've just you know grown and grown as a fan do you know what I mean so uh you know, the two albums you released, I love everything on them. I've got to be honest, guys. Awesome. Ah, thank you, brother. That's brilliant, that is. Awesome. Now, it's been it's been incredible. And, and you're, you're right, we try and make as much time as possible for everybody to come to see us. I mean, um, there's been times where, like, if we've got a run of shows and stuff, and, like, my manager, of course, we've got a new crew and stuff now. Mm-hmm. And they're all saying, look, Shane, you can't go out and talk now. We've got a show tomorrow. Because I, I, I know it's mad, like, You've been to see us, Dave. Um, we give everything on stage, and I, I'm like, I honestly, I leave nothing. And by the time I come off stage, I'm ruined. But then, what really messes up the vocals is going out there and talking, like okay. talking constantly. That really drives the, the the vocal cords out, and then you really struggle the day after. And um, I've only just kind of recently um, found that out. But um, so yeah, but we do try and get out and talk to as many people as possible, if you know, if we can. Yeah. No, I was going to say, we were talking about experience earlier. That's something that we've learned that, um, yeah. like early days, it was great. You know, we were supporting every band, as you boys know, like any band on the scene, we were like, right, we'll support you. Um, and, and that's the way we did it. But that was, that was an easier job. I'm saying, cause it was like one or two gigs here and there. Um, you know, even if we were playing weekly, it'd be like two or three dates here and there. And then we would spend half a night by the bar with everybody and having a drink and, um, but what we learned, which was the biggest crusher, is when we started doing the proper tours and the you know the the proper intense touring, and then like Shane would go out the same as us then afterwards. So he's not really clocking off until about one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, and that is constantly talking. Um, and we only learned that really where a lot of other bands, like you said, they are more untouchable. They are um, they do stay backstage, and you you bloody understand it now, as you like I said this. <laughs> <laughs> otherwise it's, but it's like doing this constantly and they like do you know what i mean literally yeah. every day um i mean i'm not even a vocalist and i had a, a glimpse of like like when we did steel house that's the longest i've talked well because we've been off a road for 18 months mm. it was like that 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 sunday i i don't know how many people we spoke to shane it was just incredible and then even i woke up on the monday and my throat was sore and um so if he's trying to sing perform and then go out and and basically do a three-hour meet and greet um and you're doing that every night on top of then really bad sleep as well because nine out of ten we got to travel to the hotel and then we're not really going to bed till about three o'clock in the morning it's like you want to hear the rock and roll stories don't you boys of like um, (laughs) party until five in the morning but the truth is we're dying to get to bed and you can't get there till about three o'clock in the morning and um and then you you wake up and you've got to drive six hours to the next venue like you know so Yeah. Yeah. yeah No, we do we do appreciate it when you come out and chat with us. I mean, I I, I know it's like as I said, I, I said to Terry we had a podcast. I think it was on a Tuesday after Steelhouse, and my throat was sore just from singing and shouting and talking yeah. as well. Do you know what I mean? And mm. you know, I, I'm not even having to worry about whether I'm in tune or not. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I was saying to Terry about Steelhouse. What a what a show that was, guys! Absolutely immense, wasn't it? And uh, how you guys aren't headlining. I was talking to my daughter earlier on and she said about, um, you know, hopefully you guys will be headlining next time. I said, yeah, but we want it on the Saturday or Sunday night, not a Friday night. It's got to be on the headlining on the Saturday night. That's what we want. Sunday would be even better because you could have the fireworks after you as well. <laughs> yeah. On stage. They were bloody good fireworks, weren't they, this year? They were yeah, tidy, yeah. 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 Um, the eleven, the sort of... Everybody, as soon as we hit that stage, I think I come on because they, they couldn't get the piano to work. 
And I literally just walked on stage and interrupted and I was like, hang on, not ready yet. <laughs> but like, it, it was the, the love and appreciation we get up that mountain is just something else. Um, I, I haven't experienced anything like it um, at the moment in the career that we've had. We've had really special moments, really special moments. But um, yeah, there's something about our mountain, man. And uh, people go mad for the crows up there and it's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Well, I think you're adding for a special moment in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I think, Castle. I think the castle's going to be really, really special. Really special, I like. Yeah, I think you're going to be pretty humbled, to be honest. Well, the true story there was we came off the mountain, uh, you know, Shane, no voice. Um, I sounded like an horse. And um, <laughs> really bad hangover as well, my dad. Really bad hangover. Um and, and I woke up to a text. I don't know when Shane's seen it, but me personally, I woke up to a text that basically said Cardiff Castle, is it? And it was like, wow. And that's so quick it came together, like, because a lot of people thought that this has been kind of, you know, they always know where, like I said to you boys earlier, we're always kind of working on stuff. Um, and yet it was brought up or mentioned in a, in a different format, weren't it, before, Shane? So there was like a, 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 a kind of conversation about it. But yeah, when I came through and I was half hungover and I had to look at my phone like two, three times, I was like, oh my God, we're playing Cardiff Castle in a couple of weeks. <laughs> and then, um, then you do start kind of questioning the band and like, because everything we're doing is just incredible at the moment. And I know me personally, I was like, oh, oh that's, that's not much notice, that's not... Um, and then obviously we knew we were working with Cardiff City Council. We knew we were working with Fuel on it. Um, so we knew like there was going to be different restrictions on it. There was going to be different rules and regulations to other events. Um, and, and then all of a sudden it just sold out in 24 hours. And we were like, well, we, what were we thinking? <laughs> it's like, oh, incredible. Well, what are you worrying about? Yeah. Well, when I, when I saw it come out and... Um... I was like, I can't remember what day the actual tickets were going to, or was going to be released. But I straight away, because we were watching the telly, and I said, right, Crows, Castle, Friday, book them. And she was like, yeah, okay. Because I said, they ain't going to be there long. I said, they will sell out. I said, they're going to sell it out really quick. And um, so I wasn't, I wasn't surprised it sold out in 24 hours. And then you release more, and it sold out again. Mm. So I, I just knew it was going to happen. Because I, especially, you know, coming off, the Steel House as well, I reckon you would have made a lot of new, although you've already got a phenomenal amount of fans, you would have made a lot of new fans again at Steel House, do you know what I mean? So that's, these these festivals are great, aren't they? You know, to show off your talents and, you know, you guys absolutely own it up there. You said you were the best band of the night, best band of the weekend for my my money. Well, wow. we Ooh, just... that's a big one, Dave, because Toby Jepsen played I as know, well. I know, it's but incredible it's incredible compliment. They, yeah, they were, incredible. And I and I love Toby, and I absolutely adore the guy. But you can't beat crows up the mountain. You just can't beat it. And they were phenomenal. They had the crowd going. It was just, <laughs> I mean, it was fucking insane. Honestly, oh, that was amazing. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. <laughs> I, I, I just, I think what Shane said, it was just a moment in our history of. You mentioned 216 earlier and um we as a as a band we always talk about steel house it's, it's no shit we always talk about it and um it's it just it's been a journey for the band every it's mad because anything we've gone off and done or whether we got the deal or whether we ended up playing over in germany in the pandemic or then it always comes back and pinpoints to steel house so it always ping pongs back 
Um, and I think you're right, man. It's like one day it's got to be the right slot. And whether it's got the fireworks or not, it's got it's got to have that right, yeah, that right day. Um, and and that that will be a, it'll be an incredible story, only because you are right. We started on that Friday night, when it weren't really a night as well a Friday. It was more like a warm up, and you know, um, Saturday and Sunday was the main crest yeah. for that of that festival, and um, and then to obviously edge our way up, and we played like Saturday afternoon, didn't we, Shane, and then. Um, then we did another one then because obviously the weather was really bad that year so they invited a few of the bands back so we were pinged back to a Friday night again then um, and there was a lot of rumours then of uh, or rumblings of oh you should should be headlining and um, so yeah maybe maybe it'll maybe everything adds up so everything happens for a reason doesn't it so um, it is, yeah well I, I remember that because on the Friday night the wagons headline. And you guys played and it just erupted and i was thinking oh god help the wagons coming on after this because i would not want to follow that i mean and i think baz actually said that as well i mean he's like why, he why would you put me on after them <laughs> <laughs> i love him to bits but yeah he did he said it to us backstage didn't he shane yeah which we well, were like was, you know it was the first time we, we brought the piano out on stage and that was the first well the first proper band rendition of uh, blink of an eye on piano and Baz didn't know, and he was waiting on the side as we were like prepping and all that. And then, of course, I took the thing off the piano, and he's like, "You got a piano?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "You bastard!" <laughs> <laughs> like just like just thinking, it's hard enough now, like so. Um, yeah, he's like, "You punt all the stops." Yeah, oh, it was a special night. Was. Yeah. And it was the same at Planet Rockstock as well. So it was, I think it might have been the Sunday. Was it the heat pulled out? Mm. And um, and you guys ended up filling that slot. But what was amazing was. Nobody was expecting it to be there, but every fucker had a crow's t-shirt on that night. Yeah. I remember turning up, but I was like, they're not even supposed to be here. And everybody's still wearing it because I had my crows and Mrs. Addict, my daughter. We all took our crow's tops to sort of like rep you guys anyway. Obviously frustrated because you went on the bill and then you turned up on the bill the following day. Oh, that was that was such a brilliant sort of um it was a mental 48 hours that was. We had that we had the call from John Norman. Do you fancy doing the show? And I just went, yeah. And then John goes, do you want to ask the boys? I was like, yeah, good idea. Rang the boys, like, do you want to do... And then the boys got back straight away. Yes, we're doing it. Um, got back to John Norman and it was done. And, and you know, we kept it quiet. And the, the stories we had when we turned up then on site and everyone was saying, oh, they, they announced it. And the roar mm. heard when they were saying, there's good news and there's bad news. Bad news, he won't be joining us. But the good news is those damn crows. Yeah. And um, everyone said they just erupted. So it's it's a wonderful feeling, boys. And, and you know, all this hard work and graft is is paying off. But um, the, the, the love and respect we got for the Crow family is unreal because it's just like... It's, it's insane. It's like Iron Maiden fans, man. They're so... <laughs> yeah, loyal. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, and just to, just to add to that story as well, Shane, because obviously there was the excitement of Shane uh, signing the contract with Gasket, everyone and that. And then we, we did the whole, like, dreaming thing that we were like, oh, it's like a like a Foo Fighters thing or anything where, where a band turns up and, you know, and everybody doesn't expect it. And then we had that sudden, shit, what if everyone's unhappy? because <laughs> yeah. we started thinking oh no yeah that's great to dream up but we we didn't know where the band actually was in the in the scale of it and then like i, I don't know who said in the band but it was like yeah because you know he had a really good slot that year so it was like oh shit so then the 
the thoughts then, or oh, I hope they, I hope they are happy now. And then, like Shane said, when um, when it got through to us that the it got mentioned on the Tanoys and everybody was roaring and, and cheering. Oh my God, the band just we were just building the the buzz was building all day with us and um, the excitement. It was just brilliant, like you know. But that was the same as like Fairplay to John Norman eh? when he first put us on in um, Winter's End. Um, that was a steelhouse moment for me because I just remember the anxiety of like when we turned up and seeing people with Crow's t-shirts on then and um, one of the boys that was with us in the van, he hadn't seen us for a long time and he goes, fucking hell boys, when, when, what's going on? Because he could just see all these Crow's t-shirts happening and, and we were like, wow. And then a lot of people I know hadn't heard of us that year, did they Shane? And it was a kind of, you know, prove yourself vibe. Um, yeah. And then when we hit that stage, that, that was a special one for me because I felt the band won, won the crowd over. Like we were, if I remember, we were under Wayward Sons and Temperance Movement. Okay. Um, that was the year of that. And I just remember people going, why have they got that slot? Um, and you could hear that, you know, yet again, you hear little rumblings and we are close to the scene, so we do listen. Mm. Um, and it was just a nice reward then afterwards when the merch table, we, was, we were on the merch table for like, Hour and a half, two hours again. It was like yeah. it was so long, wasn't it, mate? And um, sold out of everything. Um, we were just writing on random stuff in the end, just to to try and give it to people, like, yeah. you know. But um, it was just such a rewarding thing to like even look back at that moment to Planet Rockstock then, mm. um, which yet again was like a turning point. And um, who was on after us in Planet Rockstock? Ah, uh, oh, man, was it? It wouldn't. It wasn't a Dead Daisies, was it? Or was no, a dead no, I've, yeah, wasn't it? No, no, I've never seen them. They never turn up. Yeah, they've, <laughs> they've, um, they, they can't get, they can't land their helicopter on the, on the mountain, can they? Um, know, no, I've never seen the dead daisies. I know when on after us, it, 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 it was like, no, I weren't a dead daisy straight on after us. Was it? Was no. it Skid Row? Or was that a different year again? It was the Choir Boys. Was that the year? Choir, Choir Boys. Boys. I know, like, it, it was hard because we had the merch table again, didn't we? And there was a lot of people at the merch table. So it was like, it was just the momentum had gone again. Where, and a, a lot of people were, you know, we were humble and they were all saying you should headline. And it was just like, oh, it'll happen one day. So yet again, that's another one I know on our on our radar to, to headline one day. Like, you know, yeah, so yeah. just incredible. Like Shane said, when you, it's the fans who make the bands. Like, that's the... It's the genuine thing about it. By the merch, they support us, and it's an, an incredible payoff, isn't it? When it when it all works out, like yeah, yeah, that's good. Well, in 2016, then you brought out Murder and the Motive. You brought that out yourselves, I guess. And then when you signed to Earache, you re-released it with some different tracks. What different tracks were they? Can you remember? There were, we took off four songs, I believe, and put on brand new two. Say it, behind these walls. Is that it? Yes, yes. Yeah, we we worked with Mike Exeter, um, who's worked with you know anybody, Black Sabbath, Judah Priest, big friends of theirs as well. So you know we were so excited to work with Mike, and he, he nailed it. We loved the whole session with him, um, and yeah, it was just. They wanted to make the album stronger, um, and it was just a it was just a no brainer, really. You know, do you want yeah. to look at Mike Exeter? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, 
But, you know, it, that wasn't to do with um, Eurek, believe it or not. Our manager at the time is best, really good friends with Mike Exeter. So that was the the in there. Okay. Um, so, um, yeah, he's an incredible human, Mike. Um, not just a brilliant session um, mixer engineer, but he's just like this wonderful Buddha human. Do you know what I mean? He's just like, he's got all the advice in the world. He's been through shit and come out the other side. And, and um, yeah, it was an incredible experience, not just for the music. Did he remix the whole album then? Again for you? You know, the, the original album? Take songs no. off, put new songs on. It was a mismatch. It was um, in an ideal world. I mean, it's probably the first time I'll say this because it's like looking back now on reflection, but ideally we wouldn't have released it. But we we gone through so much like heartache, ups and downs that myself and Shane just got fucked off of the bullshit, didn't we? But it was the case of we have to drop this record because I remember the the manager who was who was with us then. I don't know whether we signed to him at that point or we were just talking to him because he said maybe hold off on releasing it yourselves, wouldn't it? Um, I just remember that because I was down the garden speaking to you when it was the case of we were just like we got to put it out. We've just got to we've got to put it out because that was like you know myself and Shane um, working late in the night trying to work out how to release a fucking record on yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was. Um, trying to work out the, the coding um, and, and everything that, that runs alongside it. Like um, even down to artwork dimensions and stuff to get it right digitally. And it was like, oh, but we just had to pull that out because I don't know. It was just a case of we'd, we'd wasted a lot of time waiting on other people. Like, you know, um, we'd been very fortunate from the start and had a few opportunities, but through those opportunities become a lot of just hanging around. Um, and then Shane had the, the the game plan of no let's let's just go, let's just let's make our own uh, path, which worked, you know. Mm. So a part of that, I'm glad we put it out because we just didn't have enough music out there, did we, mate? It was just no. Um, but in an ideal world, we should have held off. And I remember our manager now actually he was on board. Now uh, there's an email I came across, and he even said then maybe a couple more songs. Um, which is like what Shane said it it ended up being like, you know, it was the case of, because we did the album ourselves and obviously no Eurek at that point. And then we were going to do an EP with Mike Exeter as an in-between winner, Shane, to possibly yeah. lead on to an, a second album or, um, but it was like, let's go in and do a, a group of songs with him. Um, and then obviously Eurek came along um, when we were look, doing some support slots with them. Um, Wagons and other bands on the roads. They came to watch us in Nottingham. We went out to Ibiza, played a, a show out there, came back, signed a deal. And what we thought would be album number two ended up being let's re-release Murder and Emotive and let's take that from that. So it ended up being quite a, a mix match of recording in Rockfield, recording with Ramesh in Cardiff, mixed... Uh, sorry, engineered by a guy called Ginge who used to be in Dub War and Skin Dread. Um, then Mike Exeter. And then I think finally, Shane will say this, was it kind of overall mixed by Ramesh or was it yeah. just... Yeah. Yeah, there yeah. we go. All right, okay. All right, cool. I'm going to get my hands on one of those original ones then. Ronnie's they're... got one in the drawer. Oh, Shane might have one. <laughs> They're like rocking all shit, apparently. They're my nest egg. Terry said to me, he messaged me earlier on, he said he'd have got one. I said, no, 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 I got the other ones, but uh, 
Yeah, see, he's not a true fan, is he? I am got I am got a pension. I just got 105 black and white first albums. I wouldn't release your um, address then, Shane, because you're going to have a shitload of chrome fans <laughs> on the door, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> well, we were looking the other day and uh, one went for £150 on eBay. Never. And, and if you're listening, no, it wasn't one of us. <laughs> 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 one of us. But yeah, we were really shocked with that. We mm. were like shocked and gutted at the same time because we were like, bloody hell, we could have made far more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, but yeah, very rare, very rare collectors item. Like you know, how many did you re- how many did you make then? If you made them yourself, um, I think originally there was a good few hundred units because this was the beautiful thing about the band. And like Shane says about experience, we we started the band as a business pretty much straight off the bat, didn't we, Shane? So it was so we 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 kind of had a record of what we were buying, what we were selling. You know, because there's a difference. Like you've managed bands, and you, like you said, um, there's a difference between saying to a label or a manager, "Yeah, yeah, we've sold a thousand units." But how do you, how do you really prove that? So the only way you prove it is by receipts and records, yeah, yeah. rather than selling five records at the merch table and then going and get pissed. Like yeah, you know, yeah. just put it all back into the band, watch the band grow. Like you yeah. know, and um, so yeah, we we did well, but they yet again it was only like just selling them on the merch table and. Um, I think we had the store back in as well, didn't we, Shane? Yeah, we had a, we had a small store, yeah. I think yeah. we did over about 2,000 units like um, when we did it, which yeah. is, you know, doesn't sound a lot, but, you know, we were, we were nobody. We weren't really... I think that's the problem, see. We, were, we, were, we signed with a big agent and they kind of shelved us and we were expecting, waiting for these gigs to happen. They just weren't happening. And then... Yeah. We need to get this album out. We need to do shows, but and and then it was just a case of like taking control again, um, doing as many shows as you possibly can. Give it your all. Sell the CDs. That's the only way. That's the yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the organic way, isn't it? To yeah. just you know, reach new audiences and stuff. Yeah. And um, there's there's people in the Crow family now that they were there at that first gig, you know, and second gigs and third gigs up at Camden Barfly, you know, or the Moon Club in Cardiff, um. And they can't believe, you know, with the trajectory of the band. Um, but it's just, I, I can't stress this enough. Any band out there, don't wait. Do not wait. If your music is good enough and if you're good enough, get out and do shows. That's it. That's yeah, all yeah, you've yeah. got to do. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't overthink it and analyze it. Get out to do what you love and make it the best show you can be. And um, if it's good enough, people will know. And, and they'll just, word of mouth, that's it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, even if it costs you 30 quid, do you know what I mean? If it costs you as a band, if, if it costs you 30, 40 quid between you, just get out and fucking do it, like. Fuck, it's costing us more than that, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know, I mean. That's being generous as that is, fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's, you know, in layman's terms, I mean, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think it, the worst ones for us was when we started stringing together dates, where I say it's the worst, it was the best, but it's the worst financially, is um, you start putting together little tours of support. So, for example, we were bouncing from Swansea to Nottingham, back down to Leicester to wherever, and we just make lists of all the bands that were shit hot and creating a buzz. Anybody who was creating a buzz just made the list for, for our band, and we'd be like, we got to support them. And that was it. There was no, you, you know, you've got you've to gotta go out and play with everybody you can, like, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. And like Shane said, that was the best way then because it, it was selling the CDs, it was selling the T-shirts, 
and then we'd get bands then you know six months eight months later we'd start looking at them online and you'd see our t-shirts in the in the pictures and then a year and a half you know that iron maiden-esque thing we'd be still supporting bands and we'd finish playing first or second and they'd be furious because we weren't playing higher and they'd leave the venue and we were like <laughs> fuck you know what what what's going on and that's a really true story out of shane and i and like not even locally boys that's what blew because we still haven't done a gig in bridgend yeah um it was the case of have you never done one in bridgend not as this band no that's a fan us yeah somebody asked that the other day and they wouldn't they couldn't believe that we, they were yeah. like yeah whatever you played obviously you play your local no we haven't because genuinely the first thing we thought was you can play local but we'll pack it with all our friends and family all right, unless you've got a, a real cop as a friend, they're all going to turn around and go, oh, you're amazing, you're amazing. So the whole ethic of the band was, let's play as far away from home as possible. So if we'll shit, no one will ever know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but if, if this list wasn't just about getting on shows that are bands that are doing well to almost get to a bigger crowd, it was literally to see where we were. Yeah. You know, I mean? yeah. you know what I mean? It wasn't, I, I, for me personally, I was thinking, right, if that band are doing this and everyone's loving that singer or loving that band and their, their, their songs and stuff, how do we compare? Um, and I would, I'd be, I'd be there, honestly, if I could have a pad and a pen, I'd be taking notes and I'd be like, okay, they're doing that. What am I going to bring? What am I going to do that's different? And it became then individual parts that are a force where as a collective do you know what i mean it, it, it's i we, we we weren't looking at it going or oh, um we could make more money or we could you know the more people are there sell more merch it wasn't that it was learning it was yeah. it was creating the opportunities for us to improve on the next show yeah yeah i mean that yeah that's pretty much the same as we did i mean we back in the day we played support shows with like the fratellis the subways there's an American band called, you know, band, American band called We Are Scientists? Yeah, I know him well, yeah. We yeah. did five shows with them. And then when we did eventually get signed, we were lucky enough to fall in with Gold, Golden Earring, you know, a Dutch band called Golden Earring? This, they had a, one of the massive, massive worldwide hits called Radar Love back in the day. Oh, yeah, of course. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yes. And we were lucky enough to do 16 shows with them, you know? So yeah, you, you, and it is it is all time, and no other band had done more than three shows of support for Golden Earring because they they wouldn't have them on because it was too much of a headache getting this stuff in, getting this stuff out, you know. But by then we'd learned how to do it properly, and we took our own sound man and everything. So we did, we also took our own board. So they were like, we did one show as a tryout, and they were like, no, all right, we'll invite you back for another one. And so that went well, you know. Did another show. Oh, we'll invite you back for another one. Two shows in the bag. This is this is a nerd of with golden earring, like. And then we did the third show, and they were like, "Yeah, you got sixteen shows." So it is. It's all about learning, you know. Learning, learning, learning. Like you said, Shane. It's like the more you learn, the better you will be. That's it. If you put you yourself know? in a position where you know you're you're asking questions. If you're if you're brave enough and honest enough with yourself, you know. Yeah, so I yeah. think like people just go and do the gig, get shit faced. Uh, that was good, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Yeah. But, but you know, how are you going to be better next time round? And I think you know, as Ron said, there was the business side of things. Not money. I'm not talking about money. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. The, yeah. the, the gra money in it. The gradual progression of a band as a business. Do you know what yeah. I mean? yeah, yeah. And now they now you're going to be seeing other bands now. They're going to be looking up to you guys and doing the same thing and. 
following you around and trying to get onto your shows. Yeah, I mean, we, we've already started training well. Yeah. You know, we it works both ways, man, because we, we started off together, myself, Shane, and Shiner. So we know how hard it is, like, when you were 16 years of age, trying to knock on the door of um, of not even, like, the bigger bands, but bands who were doing well in a Shane, like, you know, whether they be in a scene. And even then, there was a sense of you've got to get out and earn it. But, like, we've we've already tried to take a few bands, like, you know, tribalists who were a Welsh band and they were, let's, let's be honest, they were starting out. Um, but we wanted to give them a go and try and give them, like, experience that you only get on the road basically like you know and um that that was refreshing and like in cardiff now we've got cardinal black which you know we're not exactly giving them experience because all those boys have, have have grafted for years it's just this is a new project but yeah. yet again it's beautiful to be to be part of their first show um and to say like they're a quality band who write quality songs and we get to get to, to influence the bill for a change like do you know what i mean and um yeah. And, and as Shane said earlier, it, you know that was the whole point of playing with some of the bands on the scene. We we watched them on on whether it be the socials or we'd gone to see them live and gone, well, we want to play shows with these guys. And I think it's really important support bands need to learn as well is the show is about that band in particular. It's hard. You think when you headline, it gets easier, but it's actually harder. The pressures are higher. Um, then you've got crew involved and you've got this involved. The expenses go up. Um, so what you want from your support bands is just to to be there, do their best, and not be a pain in the ass. And I always yeah. feel that that's what we did as a support band. And Shane always says the same, whether we do any any chats or interviews or anything, is you know just be there, do your do your craft, make our thirty minutes the best fucking thirty minutes you can, and get the fuck out of the way. Like, do you know what I mean? And and just don't don't be a pain, don't be a hindrance on the crew more than anything, because they've got the stress of clearing stages and um so there's a real etiquette uh, about support. Mm -hmm. And I do think that that favoured us in the earlier days as well of, you know, playing with certain bands in the scene and they'd go, Wow, you guys are are pro like, you know, we we adapted to really really fucked up like venues where it was so hard to get your back line out or um the conditions were it was just solid but we we never mourned it was fucking hard work but we just got on with it um and i think we were even changing out in the street on some some gigs in in the middle of fucking window and i <laughs> sweat steam coming off like you know symbols are getting soaking 300 pound symbols getting soaking but yeah, yeah you're trying to pack them down on the street and get them in the van and the last yeah. thing you want to say to the band is oh fucking hell you know, because yeah. that's that's the slot you got. That's the fee that you you agreed. Yeah. Um, and you just crack on and you you get on with it and you learn from that. Like you learn, um, you know what what was right about it, what was wrong about it, and how you adapt. Like Shane said, so you can't pay for that experience, boys. No, know? no, like you said, you know, you just thank the band that you're supporting for the opportunity. Get your stuff off. Get it packed away as quick as possible. And then get around the front and watch the you know watch the band if you can, you know if you've got time like, you know what I mean have a drink with the have a drink at the bar if people enjoyed you they'll come and talk to you, you know what I mean sell a bit of merch and that yeah it's good. So I was reading something about you Ronnie earlier. Your dad is a former musician then. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he's um he's ninety five now. Holy fuck. Um, yeah, I know he's fucking. Old boy, like, love him. Um, but, yeah, he was a former musician, so I was very fortunate. And um, I grew up in a in a pit. Um, and I know we live in Wales, so it's not, like, down the, down the fucking mines. Uh, I grew up in a musical 
like an orchestral pit. Um, okay. So I was really fortunate to have that view. Um, I worked backstage from an early age, so from like nine, ten, I was like doing property master work and stuff. So I always had like a passion for the arts. Like that's the that's the best way to explain it. And and like when I was in school with Shane, his dad had a musical background as well, um, okay. which which has rubbed off with Shane, um, which I think made our connection strong from an early age. Like you know, and we were able to take take that and almost just craft it into what we wanted to do like you know and mm. i do feel there's a natural essence to that which isn't forced it isn't because my dad never wanted me to be a drummer and that's the god's honest truth and i shane will speak about his own dad but with my dad it was the case of i think he wanted me to have a proper job because i was guaranteed money like <laughs> do you know what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. i do look back now and i think some of the things he said weren't weren't being mean it was just the fact of he was just trying to scare me away from it but i've gone down a completely different road to him i mean we write music um we rehearse we perform we we look to put on a rock show my dad love him was a session musician so it's a completely different art to that um yeah. you're playing someone else's songs basically and getting paid very good money for it might i add so mm -hmm. um what did yeah. he play drums oh he played drums did he yeah 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 and um the only thing i wish i would have done more of is uh is is good mate ted uh who's not with us anymore because like he, he got on of him and um i always used to tinkle on his piano and i think that's why like now i can hear little melodies and stuff and ted used to help me but my fingers are really short and that's why i laugh with shane i can only really do the one hand um i was interested more in the melodies of songs and I couldn't touch my old man's kit. He was just like, Shane knows him. You can imagine it. He'd be playing in these big auditoriums or big pavilions, like in Puthcall or whatever. And you've got the acoustics or um, the new theater in Cardiff. And I remember sitting on and I'd start doing like, especially when we were in school, dude. And like, we were, we were like practicing and stuff. I'd sit in there, do like a John Bonham lick or something. And you could just, I could feel him appear. I didn't even have to see him. He just appeared and the look was enough. I just put the sticks back down and walked <laughs> off like, <laughs> He is the literal, the guy off Step Brothers. Don't fucking touch my drums. <laughs> but I think it was different with Shane. I think, like, his dad was more encouraging towards, like, you know, playing the guitar and, and having to sing along and stuff, like, you know? Was he Shane? Yeah, he was... Um, he had this incredible voice, this deep sort of... It was like velvet voice. He was, you know, he, he sang country and stuff, but... um. You know Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings, all all the country legends and stuff. But um, but he would play guitar and you know he'd show me like C F and G and 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 then I kind of went and did my own thing really. Um, you know as a kid when you see your dad you you want to you want to beat them don't you? You know you want to that's the competition that's the bar and um but he always encouraged me. It was always a case of we'd play a song together, and then he'd leave like I don't know six to eight bars. And just say, come up with something. Um, and he'd always ask me to improvise and stuff, you know. So I'd be like, Hank Marvin, but there my <laughs> little little parts and stuff. And um, but it, it, you know, the countryside of things as well. You know, the storytellers, they were, you know, they they knew what to write the song. You know, whether you like country or not. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That was like the foundations, really. But then I loved, you know, proper bands. Then I sort of speak. Um, guitar-based bands and grunge was huge when we were kids but we were lucky as well so not only do we have fathers that you know put that musical bug straight onto us when we were kids um 
we were so fortunate to have one of the best music teachers there was um that really kind of brought us together and um just so supportive you know he was he was incredible again let letting you have freedom within the music class there was a curriculum and then it was a case of do your curriculum then crack on and do what you want um so we'd come in and break times we'd jam um he would allow me i was the only pupil in the school he'd allowed to go on this on his piano you know music rooms i don't know it was like where you were boys but it was always the, these little booths around the room with these little casio keyboards yeah. um, whenever he saw me on mom he's like no go and use a piano you know it was he just made me feel like a musician of that big do you know what i mean and um that gives you confidence then that yeah. that someone is has that i don't know look on you and and just thinks yeah go on go and crack on go and be whatever you want to be and um those two those two men in my life i, I owe everything to music so yeah did you ever have singing lessons no no just my dad would constantly he was the type of guy right you'd be i remember being like really young and you'd be sitting there and you couldn't wait to get home from school stick the tv on or or you know a sky and that and he'd just waltz in with his guitar and start playing in the living room and you look at him going you're ruining my TV program here. <laughs> he, he just, it's like there's a kitchen and dining room. Why don't you go and play in there? He's like, no, because he, he wants me to get involved. Yeah, yeah. So I'd be there thinking, half of me's like thinking, you're ruining my show. But half of me's thinking, I know what he's doing here. And then you can't wait. You get the buzz and you, you get up and grab the guitar. And then before you know it, you're singing. And then, of course, my brother and sister, they can sing too. It was like the fucking Von Trapp family in my house. <laughs> it was... um. It was wonderful memories, boys. Wonderful memories growing up. It was always singing, and and then we'd go over the, the either the um, extended family come over, cousins and uncles and aunties. They'd all be drinking. We'd all be singing songs, and it was just like a variety show. Honest to God, they'd be. It, it was just again expressing yourself to just make people laugh or sing a song, or it was um, good times, man. Good times. Yeah, excellent. That's cool. So you got. Main, well, you've got the sold out show now in, coming up in Cardiff, like we mentioned, and uh, you've got some good Welsh bands on there, like you said. Also, Scarlet Rebels are, are playing with you. Yes. you know, it's nice to see that you're in a position now where you can help <coughs> some younger bands, not necessarily Welsh bands if you don't want to, but you know, if you go back in time to where the Lost Prophets were championing other Welsh bands, if you'd like, you know, bands like the Blackout, Kids and Glass Houses, bringing them through. You know, now you you guys are pretty much in the same sort of position, really, that you can do that, you know, and I mean, that must be a good feeling in itself. Yeah, I mean, we've we've played in the scene with all those bands for years anyway, like, you know, for, for at least like the last 15, 20 years or when they were about anyway. So we get we get the ethics of it. It was Scarlet Rebels was a no brainer for us because we tried to kind of sort them out with a few gigs before it didn't it didn't line up right um this one it was a it was an all welsh bill anyway um that was it's the whole point of it it's cardiff castle it's yeah, for yeah. fuel it's to help grassroots uh venues it's for cardiff city council um so there's a lot of bands i don't want to name them yet because we might we might have them on other bills but like for example uh chepstow castle which i know we got next year we've got mason hill florence black james and the cold gun tribeless they're all like they're all up and coming bands, all lively, all full of beans, 
Mason Hill's just had the chart success. Yeah. So yeah. We're, we're always looking at like who's doing what in the scene and, and who's working for as well in a shame. That's the, um, that's another thing. Like, you know, it's, uh, if, if you're working hard, we want to, we want to work with you. Like, you know, we want to put on the best show possible for everybody who's buying the tickets. Like, you know, so we always look at it as an overall sell basically. And, um, Cardinal Black and, and Scarlet Rebels was just a no brainer for us. There's something new, something fresh. Um, Chris put me, uh, uh, Shane put me in touch with Chris, um, like to his body of work and stuff. Obviously, I'd seen Buck and Evans, but I hadn't seen a lot of his like guitar stuff on Instagram. But Shane always used to say about it in the van traveling. Um, and then I did the same with like Cardinal Black with him. It was like I was just. Just, yeah, yet again, a fresh vibe. I loved his voice. Um, and I was just so, super excited to see him live. And now we get the chance to, well, to do it, do, do it, play a gig and watch him live at the same time. So it's, yeah, um, yeah. it's worked out a double banger for us. Like, you know, that's good, isn't it? Scarlet Rebels are just fellow road warriors who we've seen like up and down service stations all over the country. Um, because that's that's just like it's in your blood, isn't it? If you wanna if you wanna get on, you've gotta travel, you've gotta get out to as many people as possible. And you know, it's nice to see the boys now just signed to Eric and yeah. um fingers crossed they just keep working hard and it all starts paying off for them, like, you know. But there's so many other Welsh bands that we still haven't played with or shared a stage with stage with. So, you know, mm. there's there's loads more there. I know a lot of people say, oh, you've left them out, but we're always thinking about bands. So... You, can only, you can only have somebody on the bill with you, can't you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure, man. And like I said, you know, it's we're only now stepping into this because of COVID. We're only now stepping into this really fortunate position of headlining. Mm. I mean, you know, for years, everybody was asking us to headline and it started to happen before COVID and then it was taken away. And now we're only just jumping back on it so it is really nice um we did a gig up in bradford the other day and we had eden thorne play with us we're a, a, a british band um and and, and that's i, I kind of love that like you know it's um there's a lot of great bands it's exciting time again for music so um it's exciting being in a band it's exciting being around bands i love it like you know yeah yeah so you're finally getting the opportunity to tour point of no return you know yeah. You released it in 2020, in, in, you know, in the midst of a pandemic. So I know yeah. you can't get it on the road, but now you've got that, you know, you finally got that chance, I suppose. It's, it's, it's really strange, boys, because, you know, I'll tell you right now, we're working on another album. So to, to now go and tour our second album when we're, you know, thoroughly sort of into the thir al third album, feels really strange because it's they they feel like old songs but they haven't been they're, they're brand new and on the on the the live um yeah, on the live scene, yeah. so yes it's, it's brilliant and there's certain songs that we knew that were going down really well obviously you look at spotify right we look at all those figures which song is really hitting home with all the fans but it's not until you play a club and then you feel what those people are thinking you know it's like sin on skin for example <clears throat> Um, when the when the crowd hear that, they go absolutely barmy, and it's like, you know, Spotify <laughs> Spotify numbers are brilliant on that song, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just something about you know when that crowd you because we haven't experienced that, we haven't experienced feeling their love for it. We've seen it in figures, but not experienced it. So it's it's incredible, and we've only done a handful of shows where we're playing old songs 
to us now. Yeah, yeah. But they're 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 still relatively new new on the live scenes. It's really strange. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I mean that Sin on Skins had one point five million streams. Yeah, yeah, it's doing alright. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> Mad. The bizarre thing is, there's still songs on Point of No Return that we still haven't played live. That's right, yeah. But we can't play them live yet because yet, even though we're headlining, we've still only got a portion of time to play. Like, mm. um, so you know, like Steel House, as you've seen. Well, um, so yeah, but in all fairness, there, there was a bit of like tongue and cheek, but there, like you know, obviously, uh, me and Shane. for turned... us not in the crowd, we were all fucking booing, but. Well, I know, but that, that's part of my background. See, growing up in the pantomimes and that, it was like, you know, oh, you know get them, get get them like roaring, like you know, and um, but you know, part of that was technical issues, which um, it couldn't be helped. Our crew were doing everything they could to make make the problems go away. Um, it did eat into the to the time. Um, it would have had to come off therapy or it would have had to come off darkness. All right, I know a lot of people said it should have. But, well, you should have just you know, chucked them off and stayed on all night. Well, <laughs> it, it don't work like that in the real... It, it just don't work like that, you know. It's, it, it was our... Like I said, it was um, technical issues for us. Not Steel House, otherwise I know Steel House would have... Um, they would have more than uh, bent over backwards for it. But um, they actually did us great anyway. They, you know, like I said, and, that, and that's gone. But... Even moving forward, like the castle now, you know, I know we're playing a bit longer in the castle, but still trying to get in stuff there. Like we just played Bradford and we played uh, North Wales. Um, and we still left out songs that we wanted mm. to put in. And they were still afterwards. People went, oh, you didn't play uh, Send the Reaper. You didn't play. And it's like, oh, man, yeah, I forgot about that. It is mad only having two records. But yet there's a lot of favourites on there from people. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's it's just really interesting. And like Shane said, we are on album number three now, and instantly now I can hear like live stuff that's I think is going to connect with people, and it's going to become a live song or extended as we're known for. Or um, and then it's like, what do we leave out then? <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's mad. Like, yeah. you know, what about so... what about bringing out a live album? Because you you guys are really really, you know, you are a live band, isn't it? And um, I, I'm a massive fan of like all the extended versions of the songs. I love it. And then especially when you, um, you know, it reminds me of like, like um, Iron Maiden when they played at Donington and you, they're doing the running free and Bruce is getting the crowd in too. Yeah. You guys do that brilliantly well as well. And I think, so I think a live album has definitely got to be on the cards. Don't you reckon? <laughs> I, I would do one. I would do one. Yeah. Yeah. And a DVD. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely. Yeah. I was just thinking. Was DVD Shane and I hanging off the rafters or wherever he's hanging from. I think if we could have had more time, possibly Cardiff Castle could have been turned into some sort of live DVD. It's just like, like I said, the turnaround has been absolutely crazy at the moment. And um, it's just, it's bonkers. Like, you know, and we are still in a COVID world, which is yeah. mad because I know everybody's had a little um, breather. I. Do you say you're over in Amsterdam? What's it like over with you at the moment? Or you're over in Holland? Yeah, I'm in Holland now. I'm just outside Eindhoven. Yeah. Is it and, all right uh, over there? Is it? Is it... Nah, not really. It's still fucked. You know, they've not allowed any festivals until the, at least the 1st of September. Mm, okay. You know, there's some small live gigs, obviously, uh, with COVID regulations in place. Um, the bars and everything are still really limited. Because um, most, like in the city, most bars are open until 2 o'clock or 4 o'clock in the morning, you know. 
and they've had to curfew all that back till 12 o'clock and and actually where I live in Helmond there's like um, uh, a load of bars on the big canal front you know mm. yeah yeah and at three weeks ago was the beginning of the holiday period here with us for the kids for the school holidays and there was that many people over on the on the waterfront that the the police went in there at something like ten thirty in the evening, I think, and just shut the fucking lot down. So, yeah, still a bit messed up. I mean, um, there was supposed to be a festival at the end of this month, and Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons were supposed to play there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's all been like I said. Everything's off until at least the first of September, and yeah, the way it's going, I don't think festivals will be put back on. To be honest, not this year. Yeah. We've been very lucky, haven't we? But I think that's that's part of rolling out this vaccine and everything. See, in the UK, so that's why they've been able to open up. Well, they've done all the vaccines here as well, but you know, it's yeah. I I don't know if they're just being overcautious or I mean, because I mean, up until well, actually, is now still going on. Dutch people going into Germany are getting stopped by the police in Germany. If you're getting over the border, I mean, because they put the borders back in place, and if you're actually getting into Germany, the police are just stopping you. Making sure you've been vaccinated, making sure you've got you've done a lateral flow test, and if you haven't done it, they're just just turning you around. So even Dutch people can't get into Germany. Like that's not yes. well, we do that anyway. We've done a lot of English in Wales, so that's alright. <laughs> <laughs> Stopping about the bridge. <laughs> so yeah, it's still a bit of a nightmare to be honest. Mainland Europe is. Mm. It's it's bonkers our end. I mean, like uh, we, uh, myself and the boys, went out on Saturday for a couple of beers, which was beautiful. Like you know, and um, yeah, it was just you know strange. Then when you are asked to put a mask on, I think that was the um, the weird thing when I was drinking. I'd forgotten uh, about stuff, if that makes sense. And then you have that reality check, like end of the night, and it was like, can you put your mask on? And part of you saying, "Oh fuck! I hope I haven't dropped it now or anything." But um, yeah, it was you know. And then so you, you can't get home otherwise. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's the hardest thing. So it was it's just a reality check. And then out and about again today, and you know, it's mask on, mask off. And then it's great. I'm seeing announcements left, right, and center on 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 the socials of bands moving. Um, but I know we're making plans. Um, and still we're still waiting. You know, it's still like. It's still uncertainty, like which is um, it's a shit to say that, but it's just a reality, in it? Like you know, yeah, because so, yeah. you know, unfortunately, the the more you're making a name for yourself, which is amazing, sometimes it's tougher because there's a lot more money at stake, and um, you know, the insurance isn't there and stuff like that at the moment. So um, and especially like coming over to you guys in like over in Europe and stuff, it's um, it's a lot harder to kind of navigate at the moment, especially if you're trying to work with crew and stuff. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just trying to kind of put those dots and the T's together, like you know, it's uh, but it's positive, like I said, we're all um, we're having some kind of burst of it as well. So, and yeah. the footy was back on on the weekend, which was incredible to see. Um, watching United win, Sam yeah. in the stadium it was brilliant. Awesome, <laughs> United, uh, were they? Arsenal didn't do very well. Oh, are they gonna? Are they not fucking gonna? Are they <laughs> even though they got a fancy, fancy new kit? Yeah, you, you know, know the top of the league will end it there. So I'm happy with that. We'll finish top. rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> so you've, got some, you've got some really big gigs coming up this year, anyway, haven't you? Because obviously you're at um, Rockstock again. Mm, yeah. Um, later on in the year, which is cool. So I got my ticket for that already. So that'll be that'll be really really good. 
and then you've got some lined up for next year, some big festivals that um, download again next year. Yes. Main stage. Um, main stage. It's incredible, boys. We've been on like three posters now, and we still haven't played the show. <laughs> <laughs> but because um, it's on, it's off, it's on, it's off. But uh, it's it's incredible. I mean, to play Donington um, main stage, it's, it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. We're super same, buzzed. Same day as Iron Maiden as well. Yeah, I mean, oh, come wow. on. You know what I mean? But yeah, like, you should be above then on the bill. Actually, they're a bit old now, aren't they? Fucking Iron Maiden. Oh. Oh, I don't know. It's it's a bucket list. There's, uh, you know, there's so many bands that we grew up, and um, sadly they're not either with us or they um, they're not together. It's fucking lovely to play. You know, I know a lot of rockers go, oh, when are they, when are they gonna fuck off? You know, we used to, for us, there's still a lot of bands I want to play with before they actually call it a day. Like you know, so there's that element yeah, yeah. of like yeah. fucking hell. Let a few more bands play with them before they uh, yeah they for sure the day. Like you know, yeah. so yeah, I, for me, I'm totally stoked about. That. I know it's a different genre or whatever but i really respect their fan base um i think they, they like what they like and that's it and um iron maiden put on a show whether you like them or not it's very theatrical yeah, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. they got oh, i've seen them fucking loads of times i mean i love them well, i used yeah. to love them when i was a kid like you know that whole day is going to be a buzz and and it goes back yeah. to what shane said earlier you're going to learn a lot from a band um with that pedigree like you mm. know and then let's not forget kiss her on the friday night and then biffy kyler on the sunday so it's turned out like it's absolutely quality in it, mate. It's like a proper fucking brilliant, like. Uh, it's so special. I mean, every band wants to play that stage. Um, so to be a part of that is just incredible. Because uh, there's been so many opportunities where, you know, <laughs> when it was cancelled, like, ah, oh, that's our luck. Typical. That's our luck. It's not going to happen now. And then the year after, it's like, oh, we're still on the poster. Yes. <laughs> and then it doesn't happen again. You're like, ah, oh, shit, this is it. We're going to be off. It's, it's not happening this time. And then we're still on it. So it's it's incredible. And um, thank you to Andy Coppin and all the download folks for having faith in us. And um, we cannot wait with that stage. Yeah, I bet. Oh. Yeah. Are you going to get to play three times again? All right, well, if, if we do, I want three, three lots of many. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, dude, times have changed, eh? Dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what was all that about? How can you play three times over the weekend then? Well, we would just, they just asked us if we wanted to play the, the VIP area, which is their RIP, um, which was incredible, boys. The courtyard, it was absolutely rammed. From the first sort of um, chord we played, it was just, the, the, the vibe was incredible. It was a Thursday night, that was when they were on. Was it Thursday? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, the place was bouncing. It was such a good vibe. And I thought, well, that's just the courtyard on a Thursday. Imagine what it's going to be like in the in the tent. And then we played the tent on the Friday, which was rammed. People were trying to get in and they, they couldn't. Um, and then we did like this little acoustic sesh, uh, session on the Carlsberg stage, just, you know, on some beer barrels, which was still epic. It was, it was just brilliant. <laughs> the whole weekend was class. You said so, to our manager at the time, so it's an acoustic thing, yeah. Is that just Shane with an acoustic? No. Is it full band? Yes, yeah, full band. We turn up, it's fucking tiny, when it? <laughs> fucking tiny. So fair play to the boys, they managed to grab some beer barrels, which left me and Lloyd then just sitting out with everybody else having a beer watching them, like, it's fucking... <laughs> it was bonkers, like. Yeah, I was, was like, are you getting paid for this? Are they getting paid for this? Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh... But yeah, that was, I think that was the only worry when the offer came through is like, you know, like Shane said, is this, this wouldn't affect like, cause we were playing the Friday 
um officially like you said in the tent and stuff so we just didn't want that that was the main one for us like you know so when we got off of the thursday it was like well hang on now is that going to affect the friday no okay then and then they were like oh well while you're at if you're playing the thursday and you're playing the friday do you want to do friday afternoon as well so that's how it just kind of we were just really fortunate that year you know it's like waiting for a bus in there yeah, yeah, yeah that old analogy like you know it yeah. was, we've been waiting for years to do download and Oh, next year, and it's that old line. Oh, next year, you, we, the bills fall now. Like, oh, right, okay. And then that year, it was like fucking three times. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Amazing. Amazing. So, what's, what would be the ultimate venue then for you guys, you reckon? Well, I'd love to play Wembley Stadium. I'd love to play, um, well, the Welsh Stadium. Mm. Is it called Millennium Stadium now? Yeah. Principality. Principality, yeah. yeah. Um, but I'd also, you know, we, we always say about uh, the Royal Albert Hall, you know, those those iconic sort of venues, really, where you've seen some of the biggest bands on the planet um, do their thing. So, yeah, just following those footsteps because um, there's some beautiful venues in, in the UK. So as many as possible, man, we're just going to keep ticking. Yeah. Till a pen runs out. <laughs> Loving the castles at the moment. I'm not going to yeah, lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's in the castle? Beautiful. Loving that. But talking about the Royal Albert Hall, is that David told me something about some symphonic Palladium? Oh, is it the Palladium? Is it? Yeah, yeah. So I yeah. got tickets for that as well, Shane. Oh, so I am a bit of a stalker, but you know, uh, Terry keeps calling me a stalker all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, as soon as as soon as I was announced, um, so that's going to be really really exciting. So you, you must be so stoked to be doing that as well. Yeah, it's one of those. Um incredibly excited incredibly nervous you know what i mean it's one of those you know you're singing queen for god's sake you're singing freddie mercury arguably the one of the best front man that ever was so um i'm just gonna go up there and do my thing um singing one of their songs and see how that goes but uh yeah a lot of people have text and and sent lovely messages like you just said there you know book tickets can't wait to see you so it's incredibly exciting an honor incredible honor and to have you know the the orchestra there as well like that ticks my box for me like i love all our um strings and stuff so yeah it should be brilliant as long as i you know don't come down with the flu or something it should be good yeah is it probably may and all i'm not gonna be there or i couldn't possibly say oh okay oh you it's don't what know or... it's what i've been told to say oh. <laughs> <laughs> generally i'd be told to say that i couldn't possibly say all uh, right okay cool all right then, guys. Well, we won't keep you too much longer. I mean, I, I'd like to just touch on a crowcast, which you do every week. It comes out every Tuesday, does it? Every Tuesday, and this week is episode seventy-three. Yeah. Seventy-three. Wow. Yeah, and uh, we only missed one week, uh, which is still. Uh, oh, Shane knows where I'm like. See, we're we're buggers. Like when we grew up, like he said, we're very competitive in a good way. There's nothing nasty about it, but and um. It's just what we're like, innit? We just don't, we can't. So if we miss weeks or, or anything like that, we we give ourselves an hard time. Like, that's the best way to, to explain it, like, you know? So I'm very proud that we've managed 73 weeks and spoke to some incredible guests, um, gained a new fan base globally. Um, it's just everything that we wanted really when it? it was like you know people go oh, i bet you didn't expect that we were like well that's why we did it we were like <laughs> yeah. you know it was the case of we wanted to invite everybody into our homes you know this is where 
this is this is our homes like you know it's um we just want to invite everybody there and we told a lot of stuff that we shouldn't have maybe but it was the case of it was a, a delicate time which i think you know myself needed as well we we all needed that connection and to feel heard like you know and um Shane used to hit that home the relevance of it um because you know all the fun and games is great every week and the guests like i said you know from Danny Bowes to Ricky Warwick to um, Ruth Jones to to Doug Aldridge to you, it's incredible, like you know. And um, but Shane used to say the important things as well of like, you know, the the mental health and and how everybody was struggling and fitness wise. And then you get the the Crow family and come up with the idea of starting a new Crow fitness page, and we'd encourage that, and that would spin off. And then we ended up doing like an army camp thing one week and. Well, every week, wouldn't it? We all had to do a task, and um, God, that seems like ages ago yes, now, doesn't yeah. it? Like, oh my God, as I'm saying it, um, the drinking, you know, um, <laughs> it's a few episodes I've looked back on, and um, I know myself and him are, are well on the way, like, oh, yeah, know, it's, it's one of those they're like four hour shows, so yeah. you're just basically getting pissed live, um, and just telling stories and talking to people, which was, um, magnificent like you know but a lot of work's gone into it as well you know you boys know that if you're doing this it's um it's the you know when the moment that you the knock off record you've got to start doing your promoting you have to start it's just so much work that goes into it tracking down guests organizing that and then if a guest doesn't turn up you have to kind of bounce um and a lot of hours we put pressure on ourselves because it's live as well as in yeah, like yeah. you know if we have had technical issues um which have been brilliant because it's experience but at the same time you shit yourself don't you shane it's like <laughs> it's awful like you know he's had weeks where like he hadn't been able to join because of the internet and then i've had weeks where i've been spat out and we won and then one week we asked like um it was saxon i don't mind saying it um we were like oh, can we use a song yeah no worries spoke the manager everything was great and the next thing you know we're seeing the figures going down on on the screen and we're like Fuck, what's going on and like obviously the copyright had kicked in. Yeah, yeah. He was in the song, which like kicked pretty much all the audience out. And then it was like fuck. So we all had to bail the U two. Oh man, it's. Oh, I don't know what it's been like for you, Shane. But it's mad, isn't it? Seventy three weeks, like. Incredible, but and and you know it is one of those things where we we've been thinking about it for ages, boys. Years ago, um, we we started, and it basically we we were in my garage and we started talking about track by track of our first album and we thought that we could do like this podcast and and and, and get it done and that but um obviously the pandemic and open doors with zoom and all these other sort of software to do a visual sort of podcast and we just jumped on it i mean it was something myself and ron wanted to do ages ago so it was just yeah. the perfect timing really um yeah. and to see everybody like honestly boys right we go to gigs now that's one of the first things they say. Oh, we love Crowcast. Thank you so much for Crowcast. You won't believe how much you've helped me, blah, blah. That's an incredible feeling. That's like, you know, we're just five boys going on stage, having a drink, talking to people, and um, people are, are feeling part of the community, and, and it's doing good up here, and they're part of something, and that's so fucking important. Um, so just for that alone, um, it's, been a, it's been a blessing. Incredible. Yeah, I was I was furloughed for the first four months of it. So every Tuesday night, I'd be in the garden with the hot tub, yeah, and a beer, watching it for four hours on my phone, and then screaming to the missus to 
get a adapter so I could plug the phone back in and awesome, absolutely. Yeah. You must have been wrinkly <laughs> bit in that hot tub for four hours. <laughs> <didn't you? laughs> like a prune, you know, today. <laughs> Entering all the competitions because I remember you you um you had one of the the black and white CDs and you it was the lyrics and I was like oh my fucking phone come on come on come on and I could see my name going up I was like come on Dave Evans Dave Evans yeah I think the last long one we did because we try and keep them really short now because obviously everyone's got work in the morning and that so we did the like anniversary um and that one was a long one and we were giggly and, and, and a bit fucking on the way again like and I think that was a three and a half four hour stint yeah um but those ones they were such a good crack now I look back I mean everyone's saying how slicker it's become and how professional and a lot of bands now contact us a lot of pr companies contact us which is amazing and, and that's a real like that's well hard work again it goes back 360 to what we talked about earlier um if you work hard and make a success good things come but those earlier ones were funny they were we never really knew what we were doing as in like we had an idea to start and end and some of the stuff from where it would go and then um, like Shane doing the what's the next line and the, and coming up with jingles for that, which like we just be we pissing ourselves for it, just the band like so that's without even going on air live, we'd make ourselves laugh. Um, and the Dave's did you know because he used to just interrupt, didn't he? It was just like he just like seriously did you know, and then he just start. We were like, right, that's it. And I think it was a joke one episode. Just give him the full fucking screen, and we sat back. Yeah, go on, Dave. And that was it. He was like, right. And, you know, he really lived up that moment. Right, this is my this is my moment. It was like, right, fuck it. Now every week, that's it. You've got to come up with a thing. And the worst thing about that, as you know, Dave, like certain weeks we'd be like, right, over to Dave. And he'd say a really shit fact. We'd be like, have you got any more? And he's like, what do you mean, have you got any more? That's <laughs> like, well, it's your fucking week. This is your segment. It's got to be, you know. So, and all this is happening live. Um and I think that's what people liked is how we react with each other and the the honesty or, you know, there's been some really deep moments on there as well. I mean, I've, I've loved, like, having the Crow family sending in videos um, and getting, a, getting a, a look at where they live as well, which is, you know, it's trustworthy as well. So they were sending us where they are and how they were coping with the, with, with the whole pandemic. Mm. Um, and then right up to, like I said, uh, just like some of the guests we've had, which has just been incredible. Like, you know, sitting down with Charlie Star from Black Black Blackberry Smoke, like, do you know what I mean? It was um fucking surreal. And then Absolutely. um talking yeah. football with Doug Aldridge mm. or soccer, as he said, or I'm coaching my son. So he gives you an insight to his like his pandemic life, like, you know, this is yeah. what this is what's going on at the moment. And Ricky Warwick coming back on, when I wanna come back out back on, hang out with the boys or play an acoustic track. Um Fuck, you know, it's just so many moments, like, do you know what I mean? It's um, it's incredible, like, incredible. It is hard to juggle in mind now. It's, it's um, like I said, you boys are doing this now. You you get the you get the vibe, like, you know, and we're it we're it in the road again now. So yeah. it's. Uh... I will always fill in for you. Anytime. We just have to like set up the stream and just get other people yeah. like, hi, I'm Shane, I'm Ronnie. <laughs> Cumbran is Valley of the Crows, isn't it? Yeah. Like I'm a crow's nestler. Yeah. Love it. Good man. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. 
yeah, it might be a bit difficult for you coming up. What do you say, Dave? But we've got new fans. There was new fans on the road, and Shane will tell you that had never seen us live. Mm. Um, and that that's what's incredible about Crowcast. They have never seen us live, and then they've watched Crowcast, and then all of a sudden now they've bought tickets to whether it be um, the Castle Wild Arts coming up or, or whether it be shows next year. They're, um, they're already buying tickets for them because they've just never seen us live. They've just seen us on a Tuesday Tuesday night, live at nine, talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was the general case of it, wasn't it? It was like, what are we going to talk about next week? And the guests have been, like I said, been brilliant. I had Mike Eon as well from Steelhouse and um, just great. Like, just mm. so many positives have come from that. Um, and a lot of people abroad as well, which is amazing. We didn't realize how many people were listening in America, um, which is incredible, like, you know, so power of the internet, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah. I, I spot, um, like Terry touched on earlier on, is everybody gets to know your personalities as well, so they get to like you as people, not only as artists, which is really, really important. And we're, you know, you, you're meeting up with guys after the show and having a chat and all that. All that goes such, you know, such a long way, you know, me as a fan you know i got two of your drumsticks here and i got plectrums downstairs and, and things like that it's you know it's also this like like you said you're part of the family do you feel that you are part of the family you know what i mean it is uh, it's really special to be part of yeah absolutely but i mean people people like people do you know, you know it's, it's like they say that in the old sales game. I remember selling kitchens. God, you know, people buy off people, but they do. You know what I mean? You could you could know all the sales technique in the world, but if you're a likable person, like we don't go out of our way to be likable. We just we just just you know do what we do. And um, but so many people have said how much they love it and enjoy it. And um, again, it's that community thing. They're a part of it, like you know. And I, I still to this day, boys, literally seconds before we go on every Tuesday, I've looked on the right hand column and there's everybody saying, Hey, crows, you know, and it's just they're saying hello to each other. Yeah, That's yeah, nice, we're yeah. even on the screen. Yeah, and it hits me every time before we come on. I look at it and it just was a massive smile on my face. And it's like, Look at the effect there. That's yeah, just yeah. incredible. I love it. I love it. Yeah, and they're meeting the gigs now as well, and they shame. That's... Yeah, they're going by themselves and meeting people there, like. Yeah. It's good, man. <laughs> it is great. It I is... don't know if you've done that yet, Dave, or whether you talk to anybody on the on the Crowcast, if you if you talk to them. But a lot of them, if you notice, they're having a conversation. It's not rude. They're just, yeah. like, literally... That was the whole point of it. It's interactive. Can we say it to some guests, and they don't get it until they're on. And then yeah. some of them are a little bit like, fucking hell, wow. Yeah. Um, and they've genuinely said that to us, haven't they, Shane? Because they're like, wow, we didn't realise how... They're interactive and they're literally having a conversation like as if we're all down the pub. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. that was the point. How can we bring people closer together? And I think that was one of the things when we just did a few dates out on the road. Um, it brought brought a tear to my eye a few times, I'm not gonna lie, where some like some people like Shane said, um, I'm not gonna name their names, but they said I had such a shit time in COVID and I met and they'll name somebody out of the group as Shane knows that column mm. column. Um and they've connected with them in a gig now. So they've actually met up for the first time and thanked each other for, for the support as well. Like, you know, and then it's like, I'll see you Tuesday. And then they'll watch. It's fucking brilliant, that is. Like, that's, um, mm. 
you know, that's, that's snowballed into something so special. Uh, I'm just so proud to be a, a small part of. Like, you know, it's yeah. uh, it's incredible. Yeah, I yeah. met um, I met Beef. So I was talking to Bee during one of your procasts, and then I met her at a gig, and I sort of like recognised her then from a Facebook picture, but I didn't really know if it was her or not. Do you know what I mean? So I was kind of like, "Is that her? Is that not her?" And she was with this huge bloke by the side. I thought, "Oh, I might work and just smack by him or whatever." <laughs> I was kind of like, Are "You Bee?" She was like, "Dave." I was like, "Yeah." I <laughs> <laughs> uh, see. That just that just makes me feel so happy, yeah. man. That's because um. You're absolutely right, bud. You become good friends, but they haven't even met. So it's like us yeah. meeting guests that we haven't met yet. And it's happened a couple of times, like a download and stuff. We had a couple of boys on and we met them at download for the first time. And it's just like, yeah, it's that little awkward moment. But then you put your arms around each other, you hug, and then it's like, you know, it's yeah. incredible. It's yeah. a brilliant feeling. But it, going back to the guests, so when a lot, of, a lot of people realize like there's people like watching live, they freak out a bit. It's like, so we just say like, uh, you know, if there's some questions, can we ask you some questions live? Like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, no, we'll, we'll scan through them. We won't set you up. But that's the whole point of Crowcast, that live thing. And hey, maybe we do need to do the, the pre-recorded thing, especially if we go on the road and stuff, because we do want to keep going. But um, and maybe that's a feasible way of doing it. But the whole essence of it being live is someone can comment. And if we want, we can bring that up. Do you know what I mean? And then it's that spontaneity. That's human interaction. And that's not you know, cutting out what's good and what's not. It is what it is, flaws and all. And I love that. Um, yeah. Obviously, got to be careful. We can't be, you know, we wouldn't We wouldn't set any of the guests up. Of course we wouldn't. But um, there is that little bit of, oh, it's, it's a bit exciting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Anything can happen. Yeah. And usually does. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see when we come on your podcast. There we go. There we are, yeah. <laughs> Look out! There's yeah, there'll be yeah. nobody watching that week. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, ooh, <laughs> who the fuck are they? <laughs> All right then. Hey, got any more, Dave? Um, I got plenty of questions, but I don't know how much time these lads have got because we've uh, chopped some fur uh, for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, who, when you were growing up, then I know we've touched on it a little bit. Who were your big musical influences? Don't start. Yeah, go on, because yeah, it, it's um, Queen, Queen, yeah. um, Nirvana. Um, it's it's a really weird one because, like I said earlier, I was brought up in like the showbiz side of things, so um, it's it's really bonkers. Like the music I was listening to was like you know, um, Phantom of the Opera and stuff. Like wh whatever my dad was playing, you'd be hearing songs from shows and stuff but then the first rock or what really gripped me was was like watching queen we were on about it over covid when we were drinking and it was that whole live aid yeah. um and 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 sadly then it, it's like you start looking into that and then green day growing up when when i was like 14 and we started getting into bands together um there was like ducky for me which was a great record um and it would be nirvana grunge just grunge just blew up and then it was a whole for us, I know it's not a great era for a lot of people, but for us, it was like the rabbit hole of Mother Love, Bone Pearl, Jam, Soundgarden. It was just that whole like, fucking all oh, this is, this is like something I connect with you. I really want to grow my hair. I want to wear the most like obscene clothes and drink cider up in up in the park, like you know, and and just listen to music. And that's all we did was hang out, and it was just 
brilliant like you know and then later in life then i i got into my you know my my acdc's and stuff like that but yeah it was definitely the the, the queens and and um and nirvana's of this you know that that that's what grabbed me like personally yeah okay 100 percent. i mean everything you just said very similar backgrounds myself and ron and uh, those bands nirvana pearl jam green day they were just like they were they were everything when we were kids they were just uh, and and it was i think what was so thing boys is that you know when you look at bands like queen and stuff they were rock gods zeppelin acdc rock gods but these bands we're talking about pearl jam nirvana green day they all kind of like look like us do you know what i mean there was like mm. They didn't look like rock stars, but they had an attitude and they had something to say. And I think that we're talking about connection all the way through this podcast. And I think that's what it was. It was just as kids, it was something, I don't know. It was almost like, it wasn't punk, obviously, but it still had that punk element. Do you know what I mean? Love, I don't, I'm going to wear what I want to wear, you know? I'm not going to wear tight jeans and a vest. I'm going to wear a green scruffy jumper, long hair, greasy. Do you know what I mean? It was like us. It was teenagers. That's what we, that's what we look like. So absolutely all that, but going back, um, my dad, huge in country music, so any sort of singer-songwriter, um, I loved all that, anything with a story, really. But yeah, exactly the same as Ron, really. Yeah, uh, cool. And what about with your songwriting then, guys? You know, where do you get your inspirations from? We actually, uh, you know, the lyrics and what have you. L- lyrics is Shane's vibe. It's... Um... I, I tried to write some early on in the band. It's not an easy job. And like, I think what makes this band work is if like he can tell a story as well um, and make sense. But he's not hes not one of those front men. I'm only talking for him by you because I, I want people to know that he's not a, a singer or a front man who shuts people out as well. So if Lloyd says something in practice and Shane loves the, the, the words of it or he likes the, 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 the meaning of a song, um, and he's always done that with me as well. Or um, even in the early days, he's like molded what I've brought to the table and then turned it into something um, which resonates with the with 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 the Crow family or resonates with music fans in general. Like you know, so. Um, but he's he's the the lyric meister. Or I said to him recently that I'm trying to kind of learn how he writes because then it helps them when you're in a band, especially if you you are creative and you want to write. You can kind of understand then how to, to present things a bit better rather than I used to laugh with Shane because I'd just be like, Chuck, you're on your stereo or whatever. It'd just be like um, just random line. And the rest of the song didn't, you know, like Shane might go, what's that about then, bud? And I'd be like, fucking listening to songs, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. What, what, what's it about then? What's your, what's your, like you said, what's your influence for that? Well, fucking listening to, listening to the radio, isn't it? That's, that's what it is um and he's like well how does that make sense to what you write in by there and that is learning like that's that's brilliant then because he is right it was just banging a lot of words together and like i know a lot of bands might still do it or if they're guilty of it you just come up with a hook line and that's what i was always about just a hook line um and then i really i didn't really look at the rest of the song as it as in as as important like you know um shane's view on it is completely different and i respect it like you look at it different, don't you, Shane? Well, yes and no. I mean, melodies, Paramount Boys. It's like you—you you can have the—you could be the best poet in the world if nobody's going to sing those words back to you. 
you aren't creating music. Do you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. you're not creating a song. You're creating tunes, I guess, rather than songs that like hit you there, smack bang in there. Like, um, but again, it comes back to that. You know, that storytelling as a kid. That's what I listened to. So that was my foundation. And and there was there was a start and an end to a song. You know, whether it be a country guy singing about his dead dog or or his missus has left or, or what have you. There was always a story. And um, not that I, not that I, I'm not like that. It doesn't have to have this start and finish, but um, a context um, yeah. and, and, a, and, a, and you can add shit then, you know, through life experiences myself, I, I'd always put 80% of my life experiences in and then you can manipulate and, and alter and make it more general for everybody else to think, you know, because nine times out of ten, the way I believe is, if I if I felt something, ninety nine percent of the world have too. Do you know what I mean? But sometimes we can be so egotistical and think, oh, I'm the only one that's felt like I'm the only bullshit. Everyone have at some point. So I'm um, tapping into that, boys, and being observing others. I, I I'm always watching. That's I always know Mike Wazowski off um, Monsters Inc. <laughs> um, but me and Ronnie would always say, I'm always watching. I'm always looking at somebody's reaction, not what they say. How they're reacting, what what their face is saying. Do you know what I mean? There may be something, and I think that that has helped me out no end as well. Um, it's a big sounds a bit creepy, really, doesn't it? But uh, <laughs> it's like sit like this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, you know, saying something and and um, expressing it is they're two different things. You know what I mean? You can lie, can you, through your teeth? You can put yeah, on this yeah. face, this persona, and think everything's good, like, but. Um, and that's what I tend to do. I kind of write about feelings as opposed to words that describe um, specific things. It's tapping in on that feeling. And that's why music for me always comes first, because that music will give you the backbone of your song. How that emo- how the, the rise and flow um, of a song will tell you the emotion straight away. That's why I love string music, orchestral music, um, because you it's universal. You don't need yeah. to, whether it be, you know, Dutch, Welsh, whatever, um, you hear that music first and the melody will tell you everything about the feel of that song. And if you marry that with lyrics and that hits home, that's a beautiful relationship. That's that's what it's all about. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like the Eagles, so... Uh, oh, man. You know, yeah. for songwriting, oh. they're amazing, like... Yeah, incredible. Lloyd's in, Lloyd's in love with them and he's, he's, he's fortunate to see the... The, the full lineup as well, like you know, so that's what that's a band that I said earlier. The you look at bands that are sadly not year, that's that's, that's what we were talking about that the other day when we were literally on the yeah. on the tip of our tongue of a band that we wish that we would have gone and seen, like you know, and, yeah. uh, and respect the melody yet again, like Shane said, is yeah, we're always thinking a melody, like we've ditched so many songs which are, are kind of cool and they got good vibes to them or great backbeats or. Um, like Shane said, maybe a good lyric content, but the melody isn't. It doesn't doesn't sing, does it? It's no, yeah. um, and and like you know, a big part of what the crows are is how does it relate on stage as well? How do we? So there's nothing fake about it. We, we couldn't really perform anything that you don't can't get behind or you can't feel the emotion, like you know. And um, that's a big thing for me. Like you know, same same as like Blink of an Eye. I remember jamming out in this earliest form to jamming it the other day with Shane on live on stage. And that it's incredible the journey of just that one song and how it's changed 
and live has changed and then the piano format of it has changed and and now he's changed like i don't want to spoil it for anybody who haven't seen but like the the melody that we did in in steel house because he came i got an idea and so that's evolved and and yet again that's a sign of a a good song um where where you can change it but not too much where as we know certain genuine you know purists would go well they fucked that up haven't they <laughs> <laughs> They fucked that up. They've gone all Imagine that a few. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> They've gone all fucking, you know, prog with that, haven't they? And uh, they can't just sing the fucking song, can they? They can't just fucking sing the song. And um and, and that's the that's that's the you know, you've got to be true to the song, but then you have to evolve and and it all comes back down to our influences of Queen, um, Nirvana or you know, it, it's just gotta be bands that connect more than anything. And um I think that's with songwriting as well, you've got to got to play and perform stuff that you believe in um otherwise people will just fucking see through it when they like you know yeah. it's um well it just keeps you at a level um and you know as shane said you've got to break the the ceilings you've got to break those glass ceilings and if you want to get to the higher ground you've just got to keep fucking playing stuff there even if you you don't like it to see where it takes you like you know yeah, so yeah. we jam a lot now don't we as in like he picks up a guitar often. He's he's got a guitar, and we're in we're in jams and stuff. That's nothing against the other guitarist, but we'll um we'll often just fucking jam shit for like an hour, and um they might there might be something there. They might not be like you know nine out of ten. We'll we'll end up using it in a song or whatever. But um you you've got to kind of have a feel in a jam for something rather than just like oh I've brought this to the table, mm. um and that might not necessarily work for three other people or it just doesn't really hasn't got that organic vibe like you know and um i just think pure music always fucking wins like you know yeah no i said i said yeah touching on when you said about blink that's actually um on my funeral list it sounds a bit sad doesn't it? and a bit big but <laughs> so i've i've actually already told my missus that so with as i said mentioned about jepson earlier on so little angels um don't pray for me and then yourselves blinking an eye is on my funeral procession list, so you'll have to do an enter if I go before you. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is incredible, though, Dave, because, like, you know, it, it has been used on, on funerals already, and it's, it's, it's such a surreal, a wonderful thing, but a sad thing at the same time. Um, and yeah, my 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 nan said it too. I'm having that. I'm like, oh, like Jesus, let's not talk about that. But it, you know, you, you're making music that's affecting people, and and yeah, that's that right. is that is you know, take the money side of things, take you know the experiences out of thing. That's that alone, <laughs> that that makes us feel so proud. Like mm. you know, that's affected someone that much. Yeah, well, I think the old the old journey of this for myself and, and Mr. Green over there was we said it whether we've had a few beers together, we said it when we were kids. It's it's become bigger than just becoming a success financially and, and it's about becoming immortal within the music, like and that that might sound really cheesy and cliche to people, but I don't care. Like it's um for me I, I want the music to stand and be around longer than anything that we we could have hoped for like do you know what i mean because yeah we could play royal albert hall like shane said or um i fucking love to do Wembley the same we got the same bucket lists and your your whack ends and rock and rings and lalapalooza out in america but once you've done them they're a memory and it's amazing but you take them to the grave um your music i just want that to live on like you know i'd love um 
family trees to grow and go oh that was that was blah 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 and you know and the the ethos or the the dream that surrounded the crows of like work hard and it doesn't matter how long your journey is you'll you'll get to your just destination it all becomes part of that music as well like you know it's mm-hmm. that um yeah that's i think that's far more powerful than a than a big bank bank balance yeah which yeah, wouldn't yeah. be bad <laughs> Yeah, that's nice to have as well. Yeah. yeah, which at that point you can go to our just fund me page. <laughs> no, but even like on the Crow family, like the um, there's little kids boys, you know, singing our, you know, little videos of them singing our tunes, and it's just spread that like wildfire because mm. that's the next generation, man. So you know, yeah. Ronnie's absolutely bang on. We to immortalize our music. That's 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 incredible. That'd be incredible. And when I'm gone, then someone can sing our songs like I'm doing for Freddie. That's yeah. it. Our songs. Yeah. What yeah. a feeling that would be, man. This is just. So, so if while we're there, then who would you want to, to sing your songs? Obviously, oh, you'd have to be alive. I'm fucking born yet, expect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's this three year old up in Hello, boys. Oh, man. It all change when his balls drop. <laughs> I'd, Eddie Ved, I'd love Eddie to cover one of our songs. Oh, or oh, I'll do, I'll get on stage with him and sing one of our songs. I mean, yeah. What about you, Ron? Yeah, I think that's a good shout. I mean, age dependent, and I hope you know we're around for a long time yet. But um, I mean, currently on the scene, um, oh, good God, that's such a good question. That is. I've never been asked that question. Who would sing? See, my natural, but being with us is Chris Cornell. That would have been that would have been incredible, as in like to sing. Because I always look at it; it's got to be somebody who can. I don't know, like us, Jesus Christ. That's that's literally. Um, I can't. Biffy Cairo, maybe the singer from Biffy Cairo. Um. It's just to try and channel that emotion, like if that makes sense. And mm. I'm trying to think of somebody young as well, like you know. So um, with the newer bands, I don't, I don't really know, because um, they've all got different styles and voices and stuff, like yeah. if that makes sense. And some are quite, um, oh, they have a twang or they have a, an accent to their voice. So I can't, I can't quite picture who could sing. A crow song like Shane would sing at the moment, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, it, for me, you would have to be a, somebody Welsh because the the <laughs> accent comes through the song. Here we are, Tom Jones. I was Tom gonna Jones. say, the way it's going, <laughs> fucking Sir Tom's gonna outlive us all. Well, yeah, you probably, yeah, yeah, you probably still would be you, yeah. Here we are, that was an easy one. He was actually top of my list there, but um, I was thinking. I obviously I don't want to I don't want to see Tom Jones change like oh you want me to fucking die tomorrow do you? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I suppose if we didn't do it as a, a pass away and and somebody to cover in the next year, yeah, fucking hell, that'd be be great to hear Tom sing a sing a green all. That's great. I'd love to hear him sing it as well because his, his new album's a bit fucking rubbish in it. I haven't heard the new oh, album. I haven't heard the new album. I um I know he's like back out and about. He's busy as hell, isn't he? Like, he is busy, um, yeah. I, I looked on Twitter the other day and it's like fucking, he's just everywhere at the moment. And I'm like, 
just to get, have that get up and go is is true testament to like how, how he loves it like you know it's um it's not about the money anymore is it it's just about the no. legacy now it's like yeah to be honest i think he's doing it just to keep himself going you know yeah because since his wife you know since his wife died and then he sort of went into a bit of a slump there yeah for a, for a bit and then his son sort of like encouraged him and you know pretty much pulled his socks up for him and said come on dad give it one last shout i think and uh but yeah i listened to his new album the other week and uh it's a bit different I, I i'll say i am new that yeah but i always imagine um i always remember tom growing up like when we were kids i always remember him being kind of one of those singers who always played with r and b or he always he always mixed with people he was one of the first i remember you know, that's no insult yeah. to any other artist, but I always remember Tom Jones always looking to work with different, whether mm. it be rock, whether it be R and B, whether it be jazz, whether it be Well his 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 T V show, but you look at the archives in his T V show, he was singing with Stevie Wonder, Ray Charles and all and he is literally matching them. They like they sing a line or he riffs off and then he sings a riff and and, and it's it, vocally that guy I don't care what anyone says. He's, oh, he'll always have it. It's incredible. Oh, his voice is amazing. He would, like you said, he would sing anything: rock, R and B, gospel. He, he could do it all. Can't dream. Can literally sing anything. That man. Yeah, someone, yeah, yeah. Someone put over a, a clip of the voice the other day, boys, and I don't know when it's from, but um, it's like you know when they have the little breaks before they bring on another, another yeah, yeah. artist. And the, have you seen that clip? Yeah, yeah I've seen yeah. it. Fuck it, David posted it, didn't you? Yeah, I, I posted it because I was absolutely blown away by it because I haven't heard his new album. And then I was thinking this is an 81-year-old guy who's kind of like judging a, a talent show, for one for a better word. And I can't remember the name of the female artist that was on there with him, but he absolutely <laughs> annihilated her. And this is a young woman, do you know what I mean? And he's 81 years of age, and I was thinking, fuck it, hell, how is he doing that? I mean, phenomenal. Well, actually, what I seen, Dave, was a similar clip. But he, you know, like they're all sitting in their chairs. I just remember they were all sitting in their chairs, and he he looked he looked bored. He was just like looking around, and he just started singing. Oh, and 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 like as he started going, everyone just fucking just just turned, and he he finished. He didn't just give a line or two. He gave a full fucking three and a half minute, four minute fucking acapella, um, and everybody just got up and was yeah. like. It was it was just tremendous and not a not a break, not a crack, or just absolute pure liquid gold, like you know. Um woof. Long may it, not long may it continue, innit? Yeah, yeah. I mean fair play. I mean I saw him in Vegas fifteen years ago now, I think. Cool. I went for my fortieth and uh, my brother bought me tickets to go and see him in the MGM Grand. Right. And his I mean I was sat not far from the front we were in the booths and I don't know if you've ever been to Las Vegas we were in the MGM and we were in the booths and then you got a couple of like little seats and front tables but the power that comes out of him is f phenomenal you know it's unbelievable it's like it just hits you it's like yeah. you know he's that far away from you but it's still his voice is coming at you like a train like it's like I don't know anybody else that can match his career to be quite honest because they're either passed away <laughs> Or the voice isn't just what it was. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. That, that guy just sang with everyone. All the big hitters, Frank Sinatra, Tom, um, Elvis Presley, anybody that's anybody, and he's still going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't. You tell me someone else that's doing that right now. I, I don't know. No, I can't. Can you? No, yeah, the no, hits. 
the record sold, the touring. He's like, it'd be television. He's still doing. That, that would be my only question to Tom. Would be, is there anything on this earth that you you wish you would have done? Is it's there anything? Crow, isn't it? Cover, cover a that's what it is. That's what he's missing. That's what he's waiting for. I've been waiting so for you. I've been waiting yeah, for you. The minute, the minute that happens, he can end up popping his clogs. So we'll have to, we'll have to let him carry on going for a bit. <laughs> well, he's only at the road, isn't he? I don't know where he lives now. I, I don't know where he, he lives. Uh, I mean, I used to. Years, I assume. That's what I thought. He was out in America, and um, I mean, this was going back years ago. I think me and Shane were still in a band back end. And I remember the stories of he used to have like a old phone box in his like That's American right. fucking house, wasn't it, Shane? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, because we used to talk about that, like you know, and. Um, yeah, so I don't know where he lives now. Like you know, I know old, um, <laughs> I know old old Asseloff. He lives up a road now. I think he's in Merthyr. Yeah, is he? Because I contacted his management there. He was in America a few weeks ago. Ah, yeah, but he was working out there, wasn't he? And um, obviously, then he went over to Germany and worked with our metal band as well. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. Maybe he's back out in America. But last I heard, uh, I know a few people have put on the old socials, or they just happen to be friends, and they're like, "Fucking hell!" Bumped into David Asloff in, <laughs> and <laughs> just having a, Sunday, having a Sunday dinner, like. Amazing, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Well, I know Tom's management is still in Pontypridd. I think. That's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Because I I phoned him up the other week, but it was just an answer phone. So maybe they maybe he is in America. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't his original name Thomas? Was it Thomas Woodward? I no, I don't know. I can't remember. No, I, I can't remember. He had a original name like mm. he's changed it to Tom Jones, didn't he? Did yeah. he? I don't know. Sure he was called. I don't know. I think I don't know. I'm not sure about that. No. No, uh, do the research. Someone, someone message me if I'm talking absolutely. Hang on, I'm going to look it up. But I'm pretty sure, because um, yeah. my nan, I love my nan, she's not you. Um, my nan was convinced she was like dating Tom Jones for years. <laughs> she <laughs> she genuinely wasn't, so I'm not even starting a rumor. She just convinced herself she was like, I dated him for years. <laughs> she it's all right. On, an, on a night out with Padge, Padge tells everybody I'm Tom Jones's son. You know yeah. what? I do. <laughs> That's Tom, that's Tom Jones's boy, that is. That's sing from, but go on, sing from. I'm not lying, no, you monkey. What are you want about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, Woodward. No Thomas way. Woodward. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if he's related to Edward Woodward, the equaliser. I say, uh, wah, woo, wah, if you take out all the D's, isn't that's it? Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Borat. Old... <laughs> that's an old Welsh joke, that is. Yeah. <laughs> And um, Tom Hardy was in Barry Island the other day as well, wasn't he? <laughs> was he? Yeah, that was on Facebook. Hi, my wife told me about that one. Yeah, he was at Morrison's in uh, in or some some store in, uh, in it was either Barry Island or Porth Corner might have been actually. But uh, what was he doing down there? She was awfully um, excited. She was like, "Ah, Tom Tom Hardy's in Barry." I was like, "So he's allowed to go to Barry?" <laughs> yeah, but Tom Hardy's in Barry. I was like, "Sort of a bit excited, but there, Jesus Christ!" There we are. <laughs> and, uh, all the international stars are coming over here. Yeah, yeah. Why not though? Because like we we talked all through COVID. It's such a beautiful country. It's yeah. stunning. Yeah. Um, and I'm proud now to say that I've discovered a lot more of it. Like you know, especially like the forestry trails, the beaches. 
Um, I think all the band have been out and about and just spending this time kind of discovering where we live like, you know, and appreciating where we live as well. Because I know a lot of people up, up country or I know you're over in um, Holland, but a lot of people are just, you know, they're stuck in a city with no yeah. garden. We were talking about this the other day and I, I really appreciate where we live. Like, you know, I, put, I could put a photo up online and I'll have a photo saying, are you in Canada? <laughs> no, I'm in the valleys, but. Yeah, it's like... I'm in but. <laughs> <laughs> So how's your fitness kick? Are you all on it? I see Shane doing some running now and again. Not, yeah, I, I'm not into, literally, but I'm into my. I swim every day now. Um, I'm, I'm not running as much as I was. Um, only because I'll tell you the truth, boys. We play football, and, and after football, my joints. I've, I've I've done so many injuries in football growing up. My ankles and my knees are screwed. So anything without like. You know the impact on the yeah, ground. Yeah. So any, the, the less of that I can do, the better. So swimming is incredible for me. Um, on the bikes, brilliant for me. So I'm doing a lot of that. Um, and I do the occasional running now on the treadmill in the house rather than going for outside for a run. But yeah, I'm trying my best because um, these shows are going to come thick and fast, man. And, and uh, I, I need to be fitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. What about um, you, Ron? Yeah, mountain walks, beach. I've been going down the beach a lot. Um, I'm finding, like like what Shane said, so I tend to run shorter distance, but, like, on sand, um, which is still harder, but it's, it's great for me as a drummer as well. And it's all about, like, the oxygen with me and stuff as well. So I've been, like, going in the sea. and He does ass a lot impressions. He goes I do. <laughs> I do. I would never tell you the beach because it would look like, you know, someone think fucking Wally's rocked up, like, you know, that, that the fucking... <laughs> A walrus at the moment, but yeah, it's just one of those where I look at some people through COVID and I think, ah, oh, fair play to you, you did tremendous, um, and they look absolutely magnificent. And I look at myself now in the mirror at the moment, and I'm like, fuck, you found ale, and um, and and that that's, that's the true story of COVID. I found like, you know, I I like certain ales and um and and good food. And and I, I did nothing but cook and fucking drink most of the time. And um and I used to do mountain walks, but the amount I was cooking and drinking, fuck me, I would have had to have done ultra marathons to work that <laughs> off. Like, you know, and um so yeah, it's the same as Shane, you know, we're looking after ourselves and sensibly, because I started running and I soon found out that the damage I was doing to myself wasn't worth the effort I was putting in. So I was putting hundred and ten percent, because that's what we're like. We're we're fucking hundred and ten percent or nothing. And um, I couldn't move or I couldn't like, you know, the, the, the recovery was horrible. Yeah. So I just found that doing different things like what Shane has found. Um, apart from swimming, I'm finding that fucking hard at the moment because everyone's booked up. Um, but yeah, I've been going in to see a bit, uh, drumming a lot more, which is fantastic. And like, I think the boys can see how when we're, we're, we're together now, I just saw it's so good to just fucking focus just on drumming, like, you know, rather than... The, the the distractions from life and footy um i think we were pissed on saturday and i, I was thanking shane thank you for getting me back into football i love <laughs> football um no it's just brilliant i've missed that i didn't realize how much i missed something and like we play on a sunday and obviously you know there's been a bit of banter on crowcast against steelhouse um and i and i love it i love that i just love that camaraderie the that that 
whether it be an hour and a half what we play. I know Steelhouse can't quite play that amount. That's why we're waiting for him to uh, to get up to that level. But um, the, the the point is, like, we play for an hour and a half, and it's we put everything into it again, don't we, Shane? It's like, and if anything, like I played yesterday with with him, and I was I was angry at myself because I was so hungover. So I was like, I was trying to play with an hangover because I know I can do better. But it's only yeah. a kick around. That's just our mentality. Like, so fitness is great. Lloyd's loving the running. Um, Dave walks the dog loads, and Shina loves walking as well. So I think it's like it's so important what Shane said. We know that bigger gigs are coming as well, and we have to be ready for that and grab it with both hands rather than hang on a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Um, or like he's everywhere and he's climbing around like fucking Spider Man. So you know. <laughs> oh, so I, was, I was saying to Terry before you come on here about the. Um, so that was one of, another question I was going to ask you about the Christmas gigs, um, and that when you did down in the patty, and all of a sudden you disappeared and you ended up hanging over the um, hanging over the edge. Yeah, yeah. It was unbelievable. I remember, I can't, I have to forgive me, I can't remember his name, but your, um, your roadie was hanging on to you for dear life. Yeah. I John think, Hill, yeah, John I Hill. I think he thought you were going, didn't he? I tell you what, he's, he can be dangerous, he can sometimes, because he grabs you, right? And you're not expecting it, so it makes you, you know, jump. He grabs my the back of my jeans, and I'm like, let me go, because now I can't move anywhere, and I feel more unsafe when someone's got me. Um, but that was yeah, this is a, that was a narrow stairs up there running across there. But uh, the apex was funny. We did a gig in the apex a couple of weeks back. Was that last week or the week before? I can't remember. Um, we yeah. got new crew, so um, there was a new guy following me. But in the apex, there was three flights of stairs to get to the top balcony. <laughs> and he's a, he's a youngster. He's like, ah, what the fuck have we got me doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were both knackered by the time we got it. Was, it was brilliant, but such a great laugh. It's so yeah, funny. It's great. I love it. Yeah, I don't know if that's the highest one yet that he's done. I'm trying to work that one out because I had this conversation with someone and uh, not Shane. I had it with someone else the other day and I'm trying to work out the highest he's been. I know it won't be the highest he'll get. I know he'll get fucking higher, but um, for some reason, the apex, I was shitting him a bit on that one. And um, it's quite funny, actually, because we, we keep the music going as he's, he's fucking gone on his jolly. And I never know... I'm the same as the crowd. The band don't really know where he's going to pop out. And I and I think that makes it for the band and, and everybody. Nobody kind of knows where he's going to appear. And when you did that night, I was a bit like, oh, fucking hell, someone put a light up there because it was dark. And then I could see his legs swing over. And I was like, I didn't know that he was being followed or spotted by one of the crew, which is great. So I'm thinking, oh, fuck. Um, and then I'm, then I'm looking at why it is. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. So, <laughs> I, <laughs> Someone get Tom Jones on the phone. We might need him next week. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, David said to me, so I wonder if they can do a Christmas show this year. We'll have to ask him when they come on. I said, they're not fucking more about wise mind. <laughs> uh. I was class at our Christmas show. I took my boy to that. It was such a good night. But I was... Like I, I keep saying it's last year, but it's like two years ago now, isn't it? It's, it's mental how fast it's gone. Um, it was such a brilliant vibe. It was incredible. You're like um, <laughs> that bloody snow machine they got hired as well. Then Remember the noise on that when he turned mm-hmm. it on? I was like, turn that down, you can't hear me singing, yeah? <laughs> but the truth is, I was going to say the story, but I'm glad you brought it up. I thought, oh, I won't bring it up just in case you want to forget about it. But... 
there's this fucking beautiful moment and it's like silent night. <laughs> you can't write in his final tap as fuck. It's silent night. And the loudest fucking thing in the room isn't Shane playing a piano. It's a fucking snow machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What the hell, like? Oh, man, honestly. Yeah, but there was... was a, a lot. I mean, we love Christmas. We go on about Christmas. But there was a lot of love in our room. And uh, everybody, you know, it's a special time of year in there. It's just everybody was up for it. Um, yeah, incredible. Loved it. We will do it again at some point. No no doubt. Christmas yes. with the crows. Um, who knows? It was good. That was, well, I was the first time I'd seen Tribeless because I think that was, was that the first time they supported you guys as well. Um, yes, actually, yes. before the yeah. point of no return tour. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was the yeah that was the the the, the big hoo ha before the, the the record came out and then. Yeah. Um, that was that that was the original lineup and it's a different lineup now. But yeah, the. Um... That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think that was the point. I mean, there was so many so many things planned. But just, you know, the same as any band would probably come on here and say just everything. You can't really stick to the script at the moment. Everything yeah, yeah. changing so fucking much that, that we're like, we're playing a castle in three weeks. Um, and then it's the case of, so we're, we're almost working out what can be done. Um, and then there's obviously the politics of what's already booked and you can't really play amongst certain things. So um, it's, it's, it's a weird one. And I think it's just amazing at the moment that we're actually out playing and talking about it to you boys is, um, oh, it's fucking incredible. And like Shane just saying how he was climbing in the apex and being in North Wales, being a Bradford Steelhouse, um, just to be able to say that now is, is unbelievable. Because um, we sounded like a broken record talking about Germany. Because um, <laughs> it was literally that and Birmingham, wasn't it? It was like... Yeah. Yeah, we play Birmingham and Germany, and people are like, I know, you fucking told us every week. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then the worst thing is, is when we would still say that, and everybody, I know that was fucking last year. <laughs> when... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, so, it's just fucked up, isn't it? Yeah, man. So good things, isn't it? So uh, yeah. it'll all come. And we love Christmas, so I can't imagine it being the last, like, you know? Yeah, well, let's hope not. Let's hope it's not the last Christmas. Ooh, so, there's a song in here somewhere yeah, right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> alright then guys well thanks Good for joining time. us no problem man thank you so much for having us yeah, and uh, good luck in the castle not that you'll need it oh I can't wait it's going to be fucking awesome it's going to be awesome are you allowed to tell us how many people are going to be there we don't even know ourselves okay <laughs> Okay. I was going to ask, is there any castles in Holland? Uh, yeah, they call them castles, but they're more like big man houses. Are they? Yeah, they're not really uh, not really castle castles, you know. Well, madhouse, like a madhouse. No, manor house. They're like oh, big manor houses. houses. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. No, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Fucking our suits us. We'll do a tour of madhouses. Like, padded walls. Like, like, yeah. One who flew out of the cocoon Flying crows has got to be a there's got to be a link here, isn't there? There's one yeah. there's there's one here in Elmond that they call it's it's probably the most of a castle that there is a there is of a castle, I suppose. I'll take yeah. some photos of it. I'll send it to you. Yeah, there we are. Because they do put gigs on in there in the field, like you know, in the in the grounds, like because they do like um, in the summer they do like shows every week for like five weeks through the holidays, and then they have a load of bands on and stuff. Obviously, it hasn't happened this year. Or last year, because of COVID. Yeah. But uh, yeah, next year it'll be picking up again. I expect. Cool. I think 
all we know about Cardiff Castle is it was a great cause and we just got to work with the the restrictions that are in play as in like you know this is Cardiff City Council's way of boosting the grassroots music scene um, and that was why we signed up to it so it was the case of and, and I think as it snowballed and it sold out so quick they've just been adding to it and adding to it uh, which is fantastic but they're still playing within the rules because like you know, same as anywhere, it's it can only move as quick as as they allow it. Like you know, so. Yeah, yeah. But they have some massive festivals. Over here, to be honest. Or in Holland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. Haven't you been close. over? We were supposed to. Oh. Last year. It was going to be last date of the tour originally. Um, can we were even planning? Well, actually, we. Yeah, the truth was it was the last day of that tour and then we had another tour which was going to be announced with another band which three days later I think we started that tour and me and Shane were already we were we were like yeah well fuck that tour a minute we're going to stay in Amsterdam for the night for a couple of um so we were like let's let's celebrate that tour you can't just like go back home got to sign it off yeah got to <laughs> sign it off um so we were we were all like planning that to be honest and working out the gear and how the gear is going to get home and then how we were going to get home. <laughs> and okay. it was like, yeah, so, and everything's just kind of been cancelled now or yeah, rescheduled. Yeah. And I think with that, unfortunately, at the moment, it's definitely been put, put on ice, like, you know. So, yeah, that was, That's that a shame. was supposed to be our first time in Ireland. So I, I genuinely can't wait, like, you know. Yeah, Same yeah. as we can't wait to go back to Germany because they looked after us so well out there. Um, and it, I just like Anne Holland as well, to be honest. Yeah, can't wait. I mean, the hospitality that the, the venues put on for you is amazing, you know. Oh. So, no, it's not one water bottle between five and uh, no, 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 even with my little band when we were doing shows, it was tremendous, you know, it was like unbelievable. And then you go back to the UK and you're, <laughs> you're playing in a band and you've got to fucking beg for water sometimes. Oh, yeah, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just have one bottle of Brecon water, please? Yeah. <laughs> All right then, guys. Oh, it's been awesome. We did five false endings with Sean Smith. So I'm not going to do fucking five again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, boys. Honestly, thank you for having us. Oh, thanks for your time, guys. Because I know how busy you are. So yeah, uh, yeah, really appreciate it. Coming on and. Uh, Look forward to seeing you in the card in Cardiff Castle. I can't wait. It's going to be a man. Yeah, and we hope you come back and talk to us again. We will, but we we'll, we'll put you off too much. No, anytime. And good luck with the podcast as well, man. Oh, Absolutely, uh, all the best, honestly. Yeah, podcast. thanks. All right, but good. Thank you, boys. All right, yeah, cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Take care. Ta ra. Ta All right, Dave. Yeah, that was fine. Well. Yeah, yeah, that Brilliant. went really well. Brilliant. Yeah, I can't believe we had him for two hours, ten minutes. Two hours, I know. Another long one. And I know these Welsh boys can talk like Sean Smith's saying. Awesome. So, uh, we've got a few more. I don't know if we've got any more Welsh people coming up shortly, but... It's all good, isn't it? We'll have to cut them down a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) It's great, though, isn't it? Just all the stories and... Especially with the, you know, the Crows, just the success they're having at the moment. There's lots to talk about, so it's awesome. Fabulous. Yeah, good on them. Yeah. Wish brilliant. them all the best. Yeah, I'm so pleased. So pleased for them. All right, cool. All right, mate. Well, I'll leave it there. 
Yeah. And, uh, speak to you soon. Yeah. Tra. Ciao for now. Ciao for now. As they say in Barry. Oh, no, the one in Barry, was it? Whoa. I don't know where it was. Anyway, fucking hell, I'm going to ramble. Tra. Tra. <laughs>